The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I mustn't have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question? And I listen more attentively. There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't alrighty. Guess we got to do a show here today, huh? I actually only came into the studio because I've got no power, and I figured this is the only place I can get any work done. And then all of a sudden, oh, of course, Janet Aldrich is calling me <laughs> while I'm live on the air at 2 o'clock. Like, she knows better. She's been here. Um, so, yeah, I came in here just to get some work done because i got no power in my office. And uh, about an hour ago, Jonathan came up and said, hey, you're doing your show today, right? And I went, oh, right, I am doing a show today. That's right. So I guess we got to do a show today. So we're here. We're doing a show. Uh, this is the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, how you doing? I'm Tom Duggan. Uh, we're going to talk about a number of things today. We're probably going to do a short show today because of the uh, snow and the weather, and I've had no sleep. So um, Meredith is not here. She made it last week, so I guess she gets a free pass this week. Maybe it did snow out. It did snow. I don't know how. Pretty bad I, out there. By the way, I don't know how that's an excuse. I got here. Yeah. I don't well, know how, but Paul uh, Morano. You know, I got here. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, John, I, got here. Well, Fred got here. And, difficult road. Sean the barista doesn't even own a car, and he got oh, it. Well, well, there you go, yeah, right? Sean the barista doesn't right. even own a car, and he made it. So I got a uh, message from Paul saying, oh, I live in Nashua, and, and it's still coming down up here, and the mm. roads are really bad. And yeah. it's like, you know, I could have predicted the minute there was wind that Paul was not going to be here because yeah. he's kind of a snowflake when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm. No oh. pun intended. No, not really. So um, so Paul is kind of – he's he, – Anyways, anything that's slightly inconvenient, he's not going to be here. It's just kind of how too bad. it is. But, it's too uh, bad. It is too bad because I actually had a segment worked out for Sean the Barista and Paul. Because I know, I know they're going to wow. hate, they're going to hate each other, and it's going to be oh, great really? conflict. Yeah, they're going to oh, hate each other. Oh, that's not good. Oh. Um, and I figured I'd put the two of them together in a segment and just watch the conflict. It was going to be great. Wow. But we're going to have to do that next week. We're not going to tell anybody. We'll just do it next okay. week. Okay. All right. Good. You're going to tell them or no? No. No, just no. surprise. I told okay. Sean the barista, but I'm not right. Because if I tell Paul, he'll, he'll puss out again. So. Oh, well. And then I'll have to find another way to work Sean into the show. Sean the barista, who got, brought me some great coffee. The by coffee's the way, excellent. By the way, if for no other reason, even if you don't smoke, you should come to Two Guys Smoke Shop when you're driving down 28 and come upstairs to the second floor and try Sean the barista's coffee. It's from Tanzania. And uh, if you think I'm making that up, I'm not. Um, he, he, they fly in the beans literally from Tanzania. And this is literally the best coffee I've ever, like I've flown all over the country. I've tried all kinds of different types of coffee. This is by far the best coffee I've ever had. Coffee now, you, you, fantastic. you just tried it for the first time, right? I did. I How did. was it? It's fantastic. Yeah, and you're not just saying that? No, I need like 10 if cups it sucked, of it. would you say so? Yeah, I would. I would. I would. Okay, Absolutely. It all doesn't. Right. No, all it's right. fantastic. I think he may have stretched the truth a little bit on flying those beans in from Tanzania. I don't know. That's what he claims. That's what he said. I believe him. He's he Sean says the a lot of things. I believe him. But he's Sean the barista. Why would he lie? I only believe him when his hair's pink. All right, it's purple today. It's purple. And Maddie's joining us today, which is amazing. We're going to bring her back. up on stage. You're going to see how great she looks. Um, Meredith's not here, but Maddie showed up. So I've got at least one beautiful woman in the room, and now I can bring my A game. 
There you go. Because the, the only way I can really bring my A game is when I'm surrounded by beautiful women. Okay. Now, you could say that sounds sexist, but it's what it Slightly, is. Slightly. Kind of. You can say that it's. Got to admit, it's kind of it, sexist. But it's the truth. So, like, why, well, why should we be afraid to say what the truth is? It's that's the truth. True. Yeah. Right? All right. So, Fred right. Van Magnus from Lyric Properties, Lyric uh, Consulting, who does um, all of my booking, if you want to book me for anything. There you if, go. Uh, you want to buy ads on the program, if you want to buy ads in the Valley Patriot, if you want to sponsor our charity bash, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Absolutely. Uh, you want to call Fred. Uh, and he's also, by the way, uh, a part of our two-person team, our anchor team here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Uh, but uh, the other part of his team couldn't make it because I don't know why. Because I think they kind of live almost like really snow, close to each other. No, right? it's bad. No, no. It's bad out there. Bad. So you, you must have some kind of news to talk about for today, right? I do. Other, is it not snow-related? Because everybody knows it's snowing. Well, it is snowing. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad out there. Right. you got to admit. Well, it's not snowing now. Now it's beautiful. Well, it's not bad. It was snowing a little bit when was I came it? in. Yeah, right. yeah. It wasn't when I came in. What do you think? Is but, this, but is this climate change? Can we officially call this climate yeah, this change glo- or no? This is global warming. Isn't you that think? awesome? Yeah. I think, I, I think Al Gore predicted we were going to have palm trees in Boston by this point, but I don't think that's Right after happening. he invented the internet. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I was looking forward to that. Listen, everybody thinks global warming is a bad thing. I want to see what is the evidence that global warming is bad. Like, wh- where is the evidence that it's going to be there's going to be a bad thing? Maybe it'll be a good thing. The climate you has changed. Know. For billions of years, the climate of the earth has changed. We're this still here. True. We're still here, right? Yep. So wh- who knows? Maybe, maybe climate change is a good thing. Well, we'll have to see. If it even exists. It, well, let's... We'll get into that later, I, I guess. I don't know. That's an opinion. Opinions make, make Fred uncomfortable. Which Very is, uncomfortable. Which is why I like him here. This is all straight news. I this want a straight news No fake guy. news on the right. show. That's right. This is Paying Attention Podcast. Right. Only you know, real you're news really here. very rigid about certain things. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Wow. It's like, it's like having George Papulia's back. I got a real producer. Production this is awesome. value and everything. Mr. Jonathan is a pro. We he love is. having him here. He is. So at some point, we are going to bring back George, uh, George Papulia's because he was one of my better radio producers. Like he could always anticipate where I was going with stuff and he'd be playing clips of things that like I hadn't even thought of to ask him to play yet. Yeah. And at some point, we are going to bring him back and make him part of the show. It's cool. Just, we just got to work him in. That's all. all. Right. We'll get this him is here. the 10th week we're doing the show and we got the. How about that, huh? We got the ratings. Before we do news, we got the ratings last week. Amazing. 10,000 downloads. That's amazing. 10,000 downloads. Wow. So we had, I think, what was it, Jonathan? 4,000 the first month, 6,000 the second month. That's a 40% bump. Correct. That's huge. So if we Correct. keep going in that direction, we should have 10,000 We should have 10,000 new viewers for this month. Absolutely. And, or listeners, actually. So you can download us on iPod. Uh, I, I, what is it? iBeam? You have uh, iTunes. You yeah. have iHeartRadio. Yeah. You have, uh, you should be on Spotify at this point Oh, as Spotify. Well. Wow. Really? Um, and... Uh, we said iTunes Podbean is the hosting service. Podbean. And, okay. uh, uh, and just like Coffee Bean. Coffee Podbean. Bean, right. right. So before we get to Fred's news, I just want to thank our sponsors because they're the ones who help us pay for the show. Two Guys Smoke Shop, I want to thank, thank Dave, and he also gave us a cigar tasting for eight for our raffle for the bash, which is March 23rd. Please come. We want you there. We're going we're gonna to give scholarships. We're going to honor police, uh, veterans, firefighters. Uh, we also want to thank Twin Lights Security, Pat McLaughlin, Mike Thibodeau. Uh, they provide my security when I'm driving around Lawrence and I'm going to shootings and I'm going yep. to fires, accidents. They provide my security. Never thought I was going to need security, but, you know, we're, we're, where we are at, the, at this moment, I think everybody knows what's going on. Uh, A&M Auto, our friend Angelo, whose uh, father-in-law is very sick, so I pray for, for him. Uh, if you have somebody like, especially with all this weather, right? Right. Tree falls on your car, you're going to need oh, some kind of auto body there. work. Yeah. Go see Angelo. I swear to God, go to it's where the old Metro building used to be on South Broadway. Go okay. into Angelo. He's the first guy you see when you walk in the door. Say, 
I'm a friend of Tom Duggan's or I'm a reader of the Valley Patriot or I watch the Paying Attention podcast or listen to it. He will give you a good deal. He will take care of you because he knows that if he doesn't, yep. those customers will call me and right. then I'll call him. And I know we're never going to have to do that with Angelo because he gets what we do. Like, right, he actually right. gets it. Yep. So anybody walks in the door and says that they're part of the Valley Patriot family, he takes care of them. So make sure you do that. And then, of course, Joe Zingales, Rosanna Zingales Lopez from Century 21, uh, Team Zingales. Not only do they sponsor this program, they buy ads, print ads in the Valley Patriot newspaper. They sponsor my Facebook Live feeds and... They're giving a thousand dollar scholarship at the Bash this year. That? Wow. That's terrific. Out of their pocket to a kid from Methuen. That's amazing. So wow. uh, we want to thank them for doing that. Definitely. So Fred, you must have some some news to give us. Oh, there's a lot going on out as there. As long as it's not storm related, I'm just so tired. We know it's a storm. Yeah, well, I just storm related news. I won't bore you. Did I here. preempt you? Okay, good. No, no, no. We got good news. Uh, well, mixture of news. All right. Hey, let's start off with this. So. We talk a lot on the show about Lawrence Mayer, Dan Rivera. Yes, yes, we do. We do. We do. All right. <laughs> yes, we do. Well, this story is not exactly about him, but he figures into this. All okay, right. So, right. if you're watching this week, oh, I know where you're going. I do you? This you is probably gr- saw this. This, this is, is a great is a, story. This is one of the best stories this I've seen in the last year. This is this is big stuff, right? So, right. all right, back up a little bit. All right, very good. So, you know, Secretary of State Bill Galvin. I know him, unfortunately, all too well. He's been in office for quite a long time. Way too long. Okay. Well, usually when he has uh, faced re-election, he does not have a primary opponent. Right. This year he does. Yes. Boston City Councilor Josh Zakem is Who, running against him for the Democrat nomination for Secretary of State. Who's a total communist. Well, uh, so Lawrence Mayor Dan Rivera endorsed Zakem in the Democrat primary two weeks ago. That was a little surprising. Well, gave him the endorsement. And shortly after he gave him the endorsement, who called? The Bill, mayor. Bill Galvin. The Secretary of State, Bill Galvin, reportedly dope. called him to voice his displeasure with the decision. And according to the mayor, uh, the conversation became a little bit heated. Um, some some tense words uh, First of all, back I, and forth. I, I don't believe for one minute Dan Rivera has ever had a heated conversation with anybody. I don't know. That's what he says. <laughs> he says it got a little heated on the phone. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure every conversation Dan has with people on the phone is heated. Uh, the secretary supposedly uh, reportedly voicing some displeasure about the endorsement. Yeah, Not he, too happy with he, how things happened. Yeah, he yelled at him. But this was the important part. So... Uh, Reportedly, according to the mayor, uh, he referred back to the mayor's first election in the city of Lawrence against then-mayor Willie Lantigua. Yes. uh, Where, as you remember, Mayor Rivera won by just a few votes, about 81 votes, right? 81 votes. And uh, he said that the Secretary of State claimed that he made Mayor Rivera the mayor as part of voicing his displeasure. He said, I made you mayor. He did. What do you think about that? He did. Why? He did. Here's what happens, folks. No matter what CNN tells you, no matter what the Democrat Party tells you, no matter what your communist professors in college tell you, the fact is voter fraud is rampant in this country, and it's rampant in Lawrence, and Lawrence is a microcosm for what's going on in the country. Everyone knows that the voter fraud in Lawrence over the last eight years has been predominantly... Uh, the work of one man, and that's Willie Lantigua. Mm-hmm. I've seen it myself. Dan Rivera came on my radio program and said on the air, on the record, he has seen it himself. You followed this for years in Lawrence. For years. Right. Um, I, I was very intimately involved in covering that campaign, and everyone was worried that Willie was going to cheat. Yep. And here's how they cheat. I don't, I'm so tired of hearing people say there's no such thing as voter fraud. Here's how they cheat. Signing up to vote is on the honor system. 
Right. Imagine you have a bank where people, where, where the teller says, you know what, we're not going to write anything down. You just come in, take whatever money you want, and write it down yourself. Just let us know what you, what, what you withdrew from your account. That's how voting works. Mm-hmm. You can sign a motor voter card, and by simply checking the box that says you're a citizen, mm-hmm. we're supposed to believe you. All you got to do is put it in the mail, right? Right. You yep. put it in the mail, and you're a registered yep. voter. So unless somebody who knows that you're an illegal alien sees you voting and then files a complaint, there's no way to track how many illegal voters we have. Mm-hmm. Willie Lantigua has been doing this for years. I've watched him do it for years. Marcos Devers, the former state rep, has watched him do it for years and talked about it publicly. So when he was running, in the last three weeks of that campaign against Willie, Dan Rivera enlisted the help of the entire Democrat Party. Nikki so- Congressman Nikki Songus's office came down. Elizabeth Warren's office came down. Uh, Secretary of Bill State, uh, State Bill Galvin's office came down. Mm-hmm. And the heads of every Democrat town and city committee in the Merrimack Valley came to Lawrence to watch Willie to make sure he didn't cheat. Yep. To be able to spot people who were illegal aliens trying to vote. To try and stop people from voting in other people's names. To try and stop Methuen voters from voting in Lawrence. Mm-hmm. So Bill Galvin's right. He came to Lawrence with all of his generals that he has. He sent the word out to all of the other big Democrats in the party to send their generals to Lawrence to make sure Willie doesn't cheat. Here's the question. If there's no such thing as voter fraud, why did Bill Galvin have to do any of that? Why did Bill Galvin say, to, point. Why did Bill Galvin say to Dan Rivera on the phone, I made you mayor? If these, if these elections are all fair, if there's no illegal voting going on, why would he make such a statement, Fred? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I love about Fred. He's got no opinion about no anything. Opinion, no it's opinion. No awesome. opinion. Just straight news. Straight news. So this is all according to the, the report that was given by Mayor Rivera. Yes. Conversation. Now, yep. supposedly Secretary Galvin was given an opportunity to respond to these allegations, and has not. Of course not. Um, but according to the mayor, uh, he's calling the entire conversation, quote, unbecoming of a constitutional officer. Yeah, he's probably what right about, about that? that. Because the fact is... Politics, though, right? Yeah, Galvin did send people to Lawrence, and they did stop Willie from cheating, and as a result, Dan did win. So he did make Dan Rivera mayor. On the other hand, that's your fucking job, Mr. Secretary of State. Your job is to make sure that there's no voter fraud. That's what we elect you to do. It's amazing that it took him until four years ago to figure out what his job is. Like, by the way, this is the guy that tried to stop my public records bill. And, How about that? And he's single-handedly responsible for watering down the public records bill that we actually had to get through. Mm-hmm. Right? It would have been a much stronger public records bill with much higher penalties if Bill Galvin hadn't stepped in. And here's the reason why. Try getting documents out of his office. Forget it. Just try. Yep. I mean, we had a guy that ran against him a few years ago. Uh, I can't remember his name. That's awful. Um, but we had a guy, that re- a Republican that ran against him and submitted a public records request to find out how much money it was costing the Commonwealth for Bill Galvin to be running TV commercials encouraging people to vote during an election where he was on the ballot. Did he get the records? Never got the records. Never. So, Why? I mean, this is because, because Bill Galvin's the guy in charge of enforcing public records yeah. laws. So when you get the guy in charge of enforcing public records law and not turning over public records, who do you go to? Maura Healy? I mean, you might as well just talk to that lamp over there. Right? I mean, come on. But I think this is, a, this is a very important story, even though it seems like a small thing. It's a very important story for people to, to follow and to pay attention to. Because if the narrative was true that there's no such thing as voter fraud, none of this would be happening. Right. That whole conversation never would have even taken place. And by virtue of the fact that Bill Galvin admits, I made you mayor, by virtue of coming to Lawrence and making sure Willie doesn't cheat, is proof there's voter fraud. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know how people can say with a straight face that it doesn't exist when we know that it does. Do you think it's been solved? No, it's solved. No, it's no? worse now than it's ever been. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, they were able to stop it for that one election, but you can't have every election in Lawrence where the entire infrastructure of the Democrat Party descends on the onto the city to make sure someone's not cheating. What do you do about it? That was it? like a one. That was a one-off. But what do you do about it? What do you mean? Uh, how do you fix it? Well, he made sure that Billy knew and Willie's people knew that there was a bunch of people watching them so they couldn't cheat. Yep. Right? But he can't do that in every election. Right. So the next election, I expect there's going to be all kinds of voter fraud going all on. All bets again. are off. Huh? Yeah, right. Wow. I mean, Dan barely won re-election. Yep. Right? He barely won re-election. Yeah. He spent somewhere in the neighborhood of 130000 Willie spent like 12000 Yep. And he only beat Willie by like 300 votes. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money yeah. for the difference that, that was there. And the reason is because Bill Galvin wasn't around in that election. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Well, it doesn't sound like he's going to be around the next one either. I if think, this keeps up, I right? think it's interesting that Dan supported the communist over Bill Galvin. That's what I find interesting. It's all politics. Because Dan's very conservative. Dan's a very conservative mayor when it comes to certain things. Yep. He certainly doesn't check all the boxes for the Democrat Party, which is one of the reasons I like him. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be going with Galvin, but he's not. We'll see. As of right now, I believe there's no Republican running for the seat either, right? Really? This is all a Democrat primary right now. Dave D'Angelo was the guy I was trying to think of earlier. There you go. He ran against him last time. He's the yep. guy that wanted the Excellent records. Excellent candidate. Yep. Uh, great candidate. I just don't know that anybody who, who isn't a communist can win in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't I don't see it. I mean, you've got Charlie Baker, who is moderate, to be kind. He's 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 kind of liberal. Like, if you put him in Kansas, he's a raging left-winger, right? It depends on what you're comparing him to. But here in Massachusetts, he's kind of moderate, and the right wing just eviscerates him every chance they get because he's for abortion and he's for gay marriage. It's like, listen. You've talked about that before. We have. But you're not going to get anybody further to the right than Charlie Baker. Right. So by killing Charlie Baker, you're just forcing it to the left. If you're a right-winger, you're hurting yourself. You're saying they can't win. No, they can't win in Massachusetts. No. This is a state that elected Elizabeth Warren, Ted Kennedy, Jerry Studs, Barney Frank. What part of that are people not getting? You know? So Tough odds. I know. I don't know. I love watching him not give an opinion. This is awesome. It's He's tough. very, very, very good at riding the line. Get tight-lipped. Just yep. here to draw you out. I'm, 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 get, I'm, get you talking. I miss Meredith's giggle. We're going to have Meredith here so she can giggle. No, I don't giggle. I no. watch the podcast sorry. just to watch her giggle. Well, sorry. We'll work on that. But we got Maddie here. She'll come up and giggle later. There you go. Will you giggle for me later? What? Will you giggle for me later when you come up? I'll be. Oh, I'll, there ma- you go. I'll you make her make laugh. Trust okay. me, I'll make her laugh. <laughs> right. Hey, we uh, got another political story for you. Excellent. This Hit one with also it. involved. You know, there's always a Massachusetts connection, right? Yes. To national politics, to big stories. We love local stories. You remember Massachusetts, former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick, right? Yeah, on all too well. Well, he has been doing a lot of public speaking recently, and. This past week, he was sitting down uh, talking to a public radio station in Kansas City uh, where he was traveling for a civic event called An Evening with Deval Patrick, Reinvesting in America. Sounds like a big deal, right? That's the best. So they were asking him about his interest in a presidential run in 2020. And his quote, it's on my radar screen. Yeah. Interesting, I, I huh? told I told people on my show eight years ago that Deval Patrick was going to run for president someday so. and had a really good chance of winning. And I will do everything humanly possible to put a stop to that if I can. <laughs> and I will organize with as many people as I can to put a stop to that. 
But you just never know what's going to happen on the national stage. You so, just don't. So reportedly, he uh, he told this radio station that it's a huge decision, but it's well known by uh, by people in political circles, supposedly, that David Axelrod and Valerie Jarrett, who were two former advisors to former President Barack Obama, are among those who are, who are encouraging Deval Patrick to consider a run in 2020. Yeah, they all they, they all fit in well, very well together. They're all a bunch of crooks, every one of them. <laughs> Do you, so you think he'll run? I do think he'll run, and I, Why? Think, I think he'll be the nominee, and I think he'll be really? very hard to beat, yes. That's a pretty big prediction. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who are going to be interested in the Democratic side. Why yeah, do you think he's a nominee? Because he's the most like Barack Obama of anybody running. Uh, anybody even on the horizon, he's the most like Barack Obama. But it's a big leap when you – I mean, he's been out of office now a few years, Massachusetts governor. How do you make that leap onto the national stage? Because he hasn't been very high profile lately. He's done some speaking, but he not, has, not in the news every day. He has that Democrat ability to hypnotize an audience. And he can get up and he can inspire people. And he talks about caring and we have to care about the people and the children in the schools. And he, he has this inflection where he hypnotizes these people. I've watched it. I've been at many of his events. And I walked out a couple times going, yeah, you know, if I didn't know any better, I'd actually be thinking about voting for this guy. But, like, I know what he's really all about. But when you're in the room and you're listening to him talk, I mean, he's, he's so hypnotic. Um, he's like a Bill Clinton when he speaks with Obama's ideology right yeah and i think he's got the he's got what the democrat party is looking for he's got it and it's going to be very hard to beat him i think it's going to be really hard if he can raise the money he's going to be the nominee um i think at the end trump probably kicks his ass but that just lines him up for four years from now and then i don't know if he's stoppable even at that point really yeah that is a big prediction listen all the names out there i mean but yeah. not only is it a big prediction, I made this exact prediction eight years ago. Yeah. And everybody laughed at me. You should see the emails. I saved them all. You should see the emails I got from people chortling that anybody would even consider supporting Deval Patrick, and yet here we are. So, all right, I, so I have a question for you. This was not in the story. Okay. But another Massachusetts politician who's kind of gone away recently, but who I think could come back onto the stage, former Secretary of State John Kerry. John Kerry, no How chance. How do you think he figures into this? No chance. No chance of what? He'll say, he'll, no chance you of winning. You don't think you get the nomination? No. You don't think he'll run? He he'll run, he may run. I think he's interested. I know he wants to run because he thinks he's presidential material. He always has. There's he nobody. Ran there's, there's nobody who loves John Kerry more than John Kerry. Yep. And I think he'll definitely run. Yep. Uh, I don't think he'll win. He ran and he lost. And the Democrats do not want to take another chance with an old white guy who represents the old establishment. The Democrat Party has changed. The Democrat Party is now the party of communism and socialism. They're the party of Antifa. They're the party of racism. And you can't run around talking about some of the things that the Democrat Party talks about when you have the guy at the head of your party being an old white guy. I mean, give me, I said to Juana Matias, she's running for Congress, right? She's Mm -hmm. a Latino from Lawrence. And we had coffee last week. And I said, you know, if I was your campaign consultant, I said, I would be at every single Democrat event telling every single person that you could that the Democrat Party does not represent old white men. Because that's basically what she's got running against him, right? Well, young white men, but they're still Mm -hmm. white men for the most part. And you should be pushing the fact that you're a Latina and that you're a woman because that's what the communist left wants to hear. And that's how you're going to win the nomination if you get it. And it's the same same thing here. I can't see Democrats who hate white men as much as they do nominating a white man. I just Mm -hmm. don't see it. I think Deval Patrick's your guy. If Deval Patrick Very was a trans, if Deval Patrick was a transgendered woman, I'd say he's already the next president of the United States. But he's 
He still we'll has to, have to see. Still no has to, he still yet. has to work for it. No announcement of a candidacy yet, but All it right. looks like he's interested. It's Very on good. his radar screen. All right. So we'll keep track of it. Hey, listen, did you see the story that was out of Boston recently that a Boston IRS agent was accused of sexually assaulting a handcuffed college student at gunpoint inside his government-owned vehicle last summer? I did not see that. He was indicted on rape charges yesterday. Uh, this was uh, a 44-year-old IRS agent based out of the agency's Boston office. He was charged with aggravated rape, rape, indecent assault and battery, strangulation, and assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. I'd love to hear his side of the story. So he allegedly invited the college student out for drinks back in 2017 and offered to drive her back Wait, to South uh, Station do we know to how catch old? a train. I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt. Do you know how yeah. old this guy is? Uh, the, the accused is 44 years old. All right, okay, so it's making yeah. sense. Uh, going through a midlife crisis. Offered to drive her to South Station to catch a train. And uh, while they were sitting inside his IRS-owned car at the Government Center garage, he allegedly handcuffed the 21-year-old victim and assaulted her with his service firearm and subjected her to sexual acts against her will. Well, if true, he should be executed. If uh, not true, she should be executed. And either way, one moron would not be with us anymore. Right? You don't have strong feelings on this, Those do you? Those are some strong well, words. Listen, anybody who is going to make a charge like that, it damn well better be true. And we all know that sometimes it's not. People lie. Whether you've got a penis or a vagina, people lie. Human beings lie. They make things up for whatever their reasons are. And we've seen it a million times. But if it's true, and this is, I, I, I have a real problem with these kinds of stories, I don't think we should report them. As the news, I don't mean you. I mean, yeah, I mean, geez, I mean as, well, as the news I, in know. general. If someone's accused of rape or sexual molestation of a child or something like that, I, I don't think, unless you're going to report it without using the person's name, because if that guy turns out not to be guilty, you've destroyed his life. And even after he's found not guilty, you've destroyed his life. On the other hand, my very first column for Rumbo in 1999 was calling out a woman who accused a Lawrence police officer of rape and lied about it. And so I wrote a story and put her name in the story and got and still to this day get hate mail. Sometimes people find it randomly online. I get hate mail from it. But you're not a rape victim if you lied. And so your name should be in the paper if you lied. And the media doesn't do that. I just want fairness in our media. And when someone's accused of something that serious, I think we should let the court system decide if you're guilty before we put your picture and your name on the front page. Well, we should be very careful to say that this has been under investigation since it happened. Yep. And the uh, agent uh, supposedly has been cooperating with, invest with investigators. He denies the allegations. Denied. He's expected to plead not guilty, uh, but has been indicted on the basis of these, these allegations. And look, so. if this guy did it, I'm the first. I'll pull the, I'll pull the switch. I, think we, I don't think we should just have the death penalty for horrible crimes like, like murder or killing a child or killing a cop. Uh, if, if, if you rape a woman at gunpoint, you are too safe to, uh, to walk amongst us. And putting you in prison is only going to make you raping other prisoners. Uh, there, there's, there's no safe place for you. There's no, there's no place we can put you where you're not going to victimize somebody. You should, be, you should be executed. Well, a number of people are very alarmed by this allegation, by this supposed crime, and one of them is uh, U.S. Representative Stephen Lynch, who told the Boston Herald last night that he's going to investigate this, yeah, this issue and what happened. It is a, you know, basically a violation of public trust in addition to a crime that might have happened. Yeah. yeah, that's what we need. We need Stephen Lynch to get involved, <laughs> right? You know what? You're a congressman, and 
be a congressman. You know what I'm saying? Like, worry about the federal budget right now. Worry about building a well, border wall. Well, but this was a federal employee, and supposedly in a federally owned vehicle. Right, but he's so. a, but he's a legislator. Okay. Yep. We have an executive branch. The executive branch is run by the president. It's run by the White House. That's who should be doing the investigation. You're an elected congressman who grandstands on every issue that you can, including this one. How about just stay out of it? You know, I mean, you're virtue signaling by saying, oh, I'm against rape. Well, who the hell's not against rape, right? Why are you investigating? You're, you're nobody. You're a congressman. You're not, even, you're not even in that branch of government. Stay out of it. Anyways, that's my opinion. Well, not that anybody cares, but that's what it is. I think everyone who listens to the show cares, actually. I care, buddy. All right. Well, yeah, listen, as long as Mr. Jonathan care. cares, it's all I can. We all care. You know what? I think Meredith should be, like, watching us, uh, watching us live and commenting so we can she see might if she be. cares. She might be. We you have never to see know. if Meredith cares. If Meredith cares, then I care. If I Meredith doesn't care, care, then I'm, and A lot I'm of people out. are watching right now. Right. Hey, we got a real feel-good story for you right now. We don't want feel-good stories. We, we want death and destruction. You what know all about this feel-good story because this story happens to be ripped from the pages of the Valley Patriot. Fine. Which is where... I get all my news, so this is a very good story. You know, a lot of the time when the North Andover or any police arrive at your house, something is wrong, right? Yeah, usually it's Big not a problem. good thing. It's usually not a good thing. This happened to be a very good thing when they arrived at the house of one local North Andover resident. Uh, unfortunately, th- this is a family that's dealing with uh, cancer mm-hmm. in their 11-year-old child. Uh, and the North Andover police recently cooperated with them uh, to help out a little bit and mm-hmm. to, to give this kid, uh, you know, a good day, basically, to, to help uh, cheer his spirits and, and aid his, his dealing with this uh, diagnosis that he has. Uh, and so they basically showed up at his house. Uh, they greeted him in the driveway. They all gave him high fives, took him to the police cruiser, back to the station. And uh, eventually he was presented, I believe, with, uh, with a donation uh, to help kids with cancer and uh, mm-hmm. you know a number of nice things that they did for this kid so yeah I was there for that we actually went Facebook live when we covered happened. it right we did cover yeah. it yeah um, tell us about it and and cops for kids with cancer is a is a great organization they find families that are having a hard time that have a kid with cancer and a lot of things that the families of kids with cancer have to deal with are things that we wouldn't think of so think about your kid comes down with cancer and suddenly you have to take three weeks out of work to go bring right. those chemo treatments. Yep. Um, you know, if you're a mom, you've got, you've got other kids to watch. What do you do? You have to hire a babysitter to watch them while you're going in and out of Boston. Right. Uh, you've got all these additional expenses because, yeah, chemo might be covered by your insurance, but all those trips to the doctors and all the follow-ups and all the tests that they have to do might not be fully covered. And they start to incur an awful lot of debt. So cops for kids with cancer, it's not a lot of money. I think they give them $5,000. Right. But it helps. Cause That's I, a lot. I asked the mom, I said, you know, is this just a drop in the bucket or does this really help? She said, no, this really helps. This really helps us out. And she was so grateful. Uh, and he was such a nice kid. I talked to him afterwards. He was, yep. very, he was, he was all excited that he was in the, in the lead car. And he, they had the lights going there and the go. sirens. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to the ride-along, he also, uh, they also cut him a check yeah, for five, five grand. Yeah. Five grand. Five no grand. kidding. Yeah. North Andover cops are awesome. North Andover Chief Gray is awesome. He's coming to our bash. Um, we were going to give a award to a state trooper this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about that on previous shows. But we cannot get the Massachusetts State Police to get off their ass and cooperate with us because of all the resignations going on. And the person that we were supposed to talk to resigned because of Turtle Boy, because of all that scandal. And then the person who took over for him also eventually had to resign because of the Turtle Boy scandal. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know who to talk to, and we called a bunch of people, and we couldn't get an answer. And I had to get the award plaques made up. So I called Chief Gray and said, can you give me an officer that's done something heroic in the last year that has never won an award? Because I don't want to give an award to the same guy the Exchange Club gives an award right, to or the right. Rotary Club. Give me a guy that's never, never won an award. He said he would, and he's going to. 
and hopefully uh, it'll be one of the guys that was involved with this Cops for Kids with Cancer program because it's a great program. Well, just one more example how the North Andover police and basically all first responders out there, the heroes doing the right yep. thing and just helping people out in the community, yep. great cause. Few bad apples, but just a few. Well, like everything else, yep. right? Yep. There you go. Hey, we got a real controversial story for you. I like this, controversy. You like controversy. Hit me. I, I'm dying to know what you hear about this one. All right, so there was a playoff game recently between two high school girls basketball teams. First of all, why are girls playing basketball? Because they're good at basketball. All right, fine. All right. So this was a game, and it was between the East Bridgewater Lady Vikings yes. and Roxbury's Madison Park Technical Vocational School. Game was it's, a, a, it's all starting to make sense now. The game was a little bit lopsided. Um, the final score of the game was 93-7. to Okay. All right. So, obviously, bad result. Disappointing. But uh, what's interesting about this story, though, is that the superintendent of East Bridgewater called up and apologized to the other team for basically having run up the score against them. What do you think about that? I mean, we, we are How much in, time you got? It's an environment where, you know, we talk about participation trophies and, and everything. So what do you think about that? It's the pussification. Obviously, obviously disappointing, right? Well, it's the pussification of America. Look, you go out there to devastate the enemy. That's the point. That's the point of war. That's the point of sports. That's the point of competition. You want to destroy the enemy, right? So you go out there, whether you're playing hockey, whether you're playing peewee ball, whether you're playing Pop Warner, you go out there to devastate the enemy. And if it's 97 to 7, if it's 197 to 7, the person that should be apologizing is the coach of the team that only scored seven points. He should apologizing for putting a team on the field that couldn't do more than seven points. That's the guy that should be apologizing. Well, um, there is, there <laughs> well, is your more lack to the story. Of a, your lack of opinion is deafening. I know, isn't, I know. Isn't it almost, tough, it's always difficult to know where Tom is coming from, isn't it? I mean, you never quite know what's on his mind. How about this? So continuing on in this story, this was out of the Boston Globe. We're going to quote one line from the Globe. Which means, which means divide by three that it's actually a real quote. There you go. The target of the suburban team's overzealous play was a predominantly minority vocational school, which has struggled to overcome near-constant controversy about its leadership and effectiveness. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Does that blah, change your mind, Eddie? Blah, 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 no? blah. It all just sounds like crap to me. Really? Yeah, it just sounds like crap to me. Look, so you say keep running up the score. It doesn't matter. The, listen, you're there to play basketball. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter what the circumstances. Run up a score. You're there to play basketball, and if the other team wants to allow you to score 300 points because they suck, or maybe they're just having a bad day, then look, that's, that's the reality of life. I mean, you learn more from your failures than you learn from, from your successes, and yet we want to take failure away from every kid in America because we don't want them to feel bad, and as a result, they don't learn anything. Like, every, every, single, every single major accomplishment I've had in my life has been after, like, 15 failures trying. Mm -hmm. right, look at this show. We started this show in 1999 in a tiny little station in Lawrence, right? And then we got thrown off that station. And then we went into Boston, and we got thrown off that station. Then we went in, uh, to another station in Boston, we got thrown off that station. Eventually, and we're, now we're here, right? Look at yep. the success we're having here. That's right. We're not throwing you out, buddy. Not yet, anyway. Well, you never I know. know. <laughs> if I start talking about not <laughs> smoking chance. cigars, then maybe. <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, I think about the Valley Patriot and what we did with the Valley Patriot. We didn't buy a newspaper someone else had and then retooled it. Right. We made it up as we were going along. We had a lot of failures along the way, too. Yep. I mean, we had, we had a guy that was an advertiser with us spending a lot of money, and I did something really stupid and cost me the account. I just said something really stupid one day, and it cost me the account. I learned from that. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, I've learned when I'm talking to an advertiser, there are just certain things you don't do. 
that I never would have learned had I not made that mistake. Right. That's what life is all about. Mm-hmm. So you go up and you run up that score, and if you, you can score 300 points against those people, score 300 points against those people. The failure and the misery that they feel about that loss is going to motivate them, hopefully, to do a better job and learn what they did wrong next time. And if it doesn't, well, then get out of the game. You think it's actually constructive? I do. All right. Now, yeah, the flip side of that, did the, did the coach that ran the score up end up putting in his B and C squad while the score was still Don't running up? Don't know the answer to that. Don't because know. If, if, if he just kept his A squad in, I think that that's a complete waste. you got a chance to let all right. the other kids go in. Right. And yep. the guy that's losing so badly, he should at some point be putting his B and C squad in as well so that everybody gets some play time. Yep. Yeah. Why don't, we just, why don't we just stop keeping score? And let everybody just go out, and we won't care. We'll just we'll clap. Everybody gets a participation trophy. And but they already get that. And, and <sighs> I think actually that that's part of where our and, and if we you don't mind me going a little off no, topic. No, no, you're hearing the voice of Mr. Jonathan, our producer, where the, the voice of God. Opioid crisis, uh, where some of that comes from, is we give everybody a trophy. Yep. And then we say to them, your trophy is completely useless. How could you possibly be proud of that? <laughs> so they were proud for one second in something that they know wasn't real. Right. We tell them it's not real and that it's useless and they shouldn't be proud of it. And now they have absolutely no self-esteem. They haven't had right. to earn anything. Right. Right. And the only high they can chase is in the needle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's oversimplified, but. No, I think it's a good point. I'm Mr. a believer. I think, he's, I think he's on to something. Yep. So I'm going to go back to my lowly production job. Over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tom, that's your news right now. That's it? Well, you know, we got a couple uh, couple sort of notable dates to talk about here, All notable right. milestones. One of them is, so you recently came out with the 14th anniversary issue of the Valley Patriot newspaper. Yes. That's very a pretty proud big of it. milestone. I'm very proud so of this it. So this is edition 173, right? So people say, uh, how is it possible if they do the math? Mm-hmm. It's our 14th anniversary. It should be like 168, mm-hmm. right, if you do the math. Right. Except when we first started the paper, every year at election time, we do a special election edition. Oh, okay. And so what we did was it was like a voter guide, and we covered every race, and yep. we, we printed mock ballots. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there was ballot questions, we put the ballot question in and do a point-counterpoint for two people that were for or against it. Yep. And all the candidates bought ads in, that, in those editions. And it was a great voter's guide for people that didn't know any of the candidates. Maybe they never even voted in town before they just moved in. They could right. use that to catch up on things. Right. And then as candidates stopped advertising in that special election edition and they mm-hmm. thought, geez, we don't need print, we're going to advertise on the internet or whatever, yep. we just stopped doing them. Yeah. And if at some point the candidates want to start spending more money with us, we'll do it again. But we did that five times, so that's why we're up to 173. But I'm very, very proud of this edition, mm-hmm. not just because it's the 14th anniversary edition, but because I've got three pieces in this uh, edition of the paper that I think are by far three of the best things we've ever published. Um, our editorial on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, and how I was in Facebook jail and what that means for America. Um, the front page story about the First Amendment being under attack in New Hampshire. We've talked about that here on the show with the Mike Demers situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my column on Jim Jajuga, which um, from the second I posted it at 4 a.m. Tuesday morning, literally people were calling me on the phone at 4 a.m. going, holy shit, I can't believe you wrote that. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So I know you just wrote it. What do you think of it? I, I just read it. Or, I, mean, I, read it. That's I, what I, I meant. You, you wrote it. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> interesting. A lot of stuff in there, Tom. <laughs> Very interesting. It's going on a limb, isn't we it? Should run for office. This is perfect. There you go. Very right. PC. How do you answer a question without answering a question? You never answer a question. Yeah. Well, Nothing. that's good. Though, but th- that was the instruction we gave when we hired Fred. That's right. I said I don't want news people giving opinions, and I'm gonna I'm gonna push you and push you no and push opinions. you. 
but I want the news people to be news people. When they see you, I don't want them to hate you or love you because of your politics. We want them to think about news and obje- objectivity. This is about one man, his opinions. And right. Yep. Yep. My opinion is the only one that counts on this station. There you go. Absolutely. I'm not even really sure that that counts either, but I'm yeah. just going to pretend until We're going to go with it anyway. Until it goes. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, you got the bash coming up in a couple weeks, right? We March do. 23rd. I was hoping to have some audio to play. We'll have it next week. Okay. Um, so what we do, I'm going to... Can I take like five minutes to just talk about this? It's your show. Okay. Please oh, well, do. I mean, take you got the rest other of new it. stuff I know you want to get to. No. So, every, so here's the thing. Um, we have this annual bash on for the anniversary of the Valley Patriot every year. We do it in my dad's name. My dad was a police officer. He was killed in the line of duty in Lawrence. Uh, we give out uh, an officer, Tom Duggan, Hero Police Officer of the Year yep. Award to two police officers. This year we might do three. Yeah. Um, we give an award to firefighters. We give an award to veterans, a Hero mm-hmm. Veteran Award. Uh, we have a First Amendment award, which for some reason has become the most coveted award at our event. Yep. Uh, Suzanne Bump won that a couple of years ago. You should have seen. You should have seen the double takes when people saw Suzanne Bump at my event. I like was I'm there. a right wing Tea Party guy, and Suzanne <laughs> Bump, who's like, who thinks Elizabeth Warren's too conservative, Very shows up at my event and gives a speech, and everybody's going, "Wait, what? How does that work?" Yeah. Um, but we gave her the First Amendment award because she really deserved it. Um, and then we also give scholarships. So basically well, how this works is everybody's always thanking me at the end of this. Yep. This has nothing to do with me. I, I buy well, my, it has a lot to do with you. I buy my ticket. I spend 40 bucks on my ticket, even go. though it's my event, and that's what I give. But I call all of our advertisers and all right. of our friends in the community and say, hey, look, we've got a kid from Whittier. We're trying to raise a $1,000 scholarship for him. Yep. Can you kick something in? And almost nobody says no. Barry Feingold's the only guy that, I, that really says no. Hmm. Um, the rest of them almost always say yes. And if they can't give a contribution, they give a raffle item uh, that, that we raffle off, and that money goes to Veterans Northeast Outreach. Yep. So we're going to give at least $1,000 to a Lawrence High kid. We're going to give $1,000 to a Whittier kid. We're going to give $1,000 to a vocational, Greater Lawrence Vocational School kid. Yep. Um, and, and that we started 1000 so if we make more money at the door, right. that thousand could end up becoming two thousand. How amazing is that? So I mean, that's real money for these kids. It, they need it. It is, and you know, we gave the very first year we gave two hundred dollars because that's what right. we had, right? Yep. yep. And from the microphone, I apologized to the kid. I said, "Listen, I wish that it could be more, mm-hmm. and I know it's not a lot of money." And the kid came up and took the microphone and said, "No, you don't understand, Mr. Duggan. I had scholarships and other stuff that was covering my." my, my uh, tuition and my room and board and all this other stuff. And then I got hit with like a $250 application fee for something, mm-hmm. and we just didn't have it. And I actually thought about like, oh, my God, we've maxed out everything. There's nothing we can do. I guess I'm not going to college right. until we got your call. Yep. So even though you're, you feel as though you're only, only giving us 200 that 200 is getting me to college. Thank you. Right. And we were all blown away. So we use that as motivation to try and get more money for these kids. And mm-hmm. so now we're, we started 1000 Last year, I think we gave 2000 or 2100 to each kid by the end of the night. Yep. We're hoping to at least do that again this year. It's March 23rd at the Firefighters Relief Inn, 1 Market Street in Lawrence. That's right. It's a great night. We have comedian uh, Johnny Joyce, who's amazing. We have uh, Daryl Silva, who's the Boston dad. You can find him on YouTube doing his Boston dad routine. Yep. He's pretty funny. Yep. Uh, he's also a movie producer. You should see his movie, Boys. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and his music is the music that I listen to when I'm doing Facebook Live because it's not licensed music, and Facebook will bounce you off if you use licensed music. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty, much, that's pretty much what we do. It's $40 in advance. It's $45 at the door. Yep. Everything that we raise goes to somebody. And um, one of the things we're going to do this year, we did it last year. We liked the response that we got, so we're going to do it again. 
Um, some of the money from the 50-50 we're going to give to an individual. It's not, it's not going to go to an organization. Right. It's going to go to an individual. Um, Brian Thomas is a guy who runs the South Lawrence East Little League. And every year, a bunch of kids sign up for Little League in Lawrence, poor Latino kids in Lawrence, and they don't have enough money for a uniform or they don't mm -hmm. have enough money for a glove. Mm -hmm. And Brian takes money out of his own pocket wow. and goes out and he helps them pay for their uniform. When someone destroyed their equipment shed on the field, yep. Brian went and rented a pod out of pocket, paid for it out of pocket, put a pod on the field How so the kids that? could store their wow. stuff. And so from some of the 50-50 money, we're going to cut him a check to try and help him out That's to great. reimburse him for what he's done. And hopefully we're still looking for one sponsor that can – write a check directly to South Lawrence East Little League, yep. $1,000, $2,000, whatever they can give, so that we can help them for next year because they're trying to get sign-ups now, yep. and they don't have a concession stand, and they, oh, don't okay. have, they don't have a revenue stream. All right. And so we're going to try and help them out. That would be great. So I, what I try to do is I try to use the publicity that we have from the show, from the newspaper, from our Facebook followers, and we try and get people to contribute to something where we – they know for sure, and we know for sure that the money's going where it's supposed yeah. to go. Good cause, good people, yeah. some, some very worthwhile causes. And, you know, it's also nice. It's in the memory of your dad. Yep. Um, died in a lot of duty. This was actually his birthday just yesterday, right? Yeah, his birthday was so yesterday. His birthday was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome you can give him that sort of treatment. And, yeah, you know, and um, I, I really – I was going to talk about my dad's case today because it's the uh, – next week will be the 28th anniversary of his murder. Yep. And people are – you know, people remember it, but they don't remember what happened, and they don't remember some of the details and, and, and the outrage. Yep. And um, so I had planned on talking about it today, but I don't want to outrage people. I don't want to bump people out. But, you know, he was a police officer that believed in that the little things mattered more. Yep. And he was someone who – when he was on his beat and he ran into a family that he knew or he went to a call and he met a family that he knew that was poor, you know, at Christmas time, he would go to business owners that he knew and say, hey, I got a, I got a poor family. They don't have a dinner for Christmas. Could you donate a turkey? Right. Could you donate, you know, cranberry sauce? Can you help them out? And then he'd bring it to them. Mm -hmm. And he'd do it off duty. It wasn't like he'd pulling up in his cruiser and instead of working, he's doing that. Um, and, and he was someone who really believed that the little things mattered. And um, he was murdered... A uh, week after his birthday by a guy with a baseball bat and his girlfriend. Um, they went to trial. He was, he was beaten on the 13th. He died on the 16th. We buried him on the 19th. And October 1st, jury selection started for William Rodriguez and Doris Ortiz, the two people who murdered him. Uh, by the 12th, which was, I believe, Columbus Day, uh, or the Friday before Columbus Day, uh, the jury came back with a very stunning not guilty verdict. After the guy got up on the stand and admitted what he did, and described what he did, and 14 witnesses who, who watched it, it happened at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Lowell Street, yep. a block from the police station, 14 people got up and described what they saw, that this guy took a metal baseball bat to my father's head. Unreal. And somehow, because we had a judge that was an idiot and a prosecutor that was incompetent, the jury came back with a not guilty verdict. And these two people, flanked by state police troopers, to protect them from me sang and danced their way out of the courtroom. Mm -hmm. Literally sang and danced their way out of the courtroom. Unreal. And um, since that time, we've had um, a number of, uh, well, I don't know if I want to get into it. We've had a number of updates on what has happened to those two individuals. I'm not mm -hmm. going to talk about it. Uh, but I think that karma really does exist. Yep. 
Certainly does. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they have gotten some of the things that they've gotten in life. Well, and on the flip side, you're now able to give this tribute to your dad every right. year with the bash. So I do. I, I think it's important to remember him, but not just him as an individual. Because, like, he was, he was human. He made mistakes. He did right. stupid things we all do. But it's what he represented. He represented. Giving back to the community. Yeah, giving yeah. back to the community and law enforcement and making personal sacrifices to help people you don't even know. Absolutely. Yep. And that's why we give a Officer Tom Duggan, hero police officer, public safety, whatever year, to at least two police officers and one firefighter. We're still looking for a firefighter this year to honor. Um, and and I, th I think it's important. I think it's important for every community. Um, I wish every officer that was killed in the line of duty had an organization that could do something like this for them to keep their memory alive. Absolutely. Amen. You know, yep. I wish there was. I wish I could do it for all of them. I can't. I try and do as much as I can. We talked about um, Deval Patrick on your first news story. Um, one of the things that I'm going to do when Deval Patrick runs for mayor is I'm going to talk about uh, Wuben police officer Jack McGuire and how his life was snuffed out two days after Christmas because Deval Patrick let a guy with three life sentences out on parole. A guy that was so, the guy was so friggin' dangerous that a Michael Dukakis appointed judge gave him three life sentences that this mm -hmm. guy was dangerous. Right. But because he went to Toastmasters and he got his GED in, in, in prison, Deval Patrick let him out. Mm -hmm. And two days later, he took the life of Wuben police officer Jack McGuire. Um, never, never should have happened. Right. And so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. Uh, I, get no. very, I get very uncomfortable talking about my dad's case. But I will say this. What motivates me to do what I do, when I see an injustice going on, whether it's Mr. Demers in the front page of my paper this year, uh, this, this month, or it's something going on in your local politics, when I see something that's a real travesty of justice, I hear the words not guilty in my head. Yep. And that's when I go into overdrive, and that's why I, that's why I become an advocate for some of the things that I do. Um, when, when, when there's an injustice like that, somebody somewhere has to step up and do something to try and make it right, even if they can't. Okay. So. Can't wait for the bash on the 23rd. All right, now I'm bummed out. No more show. Thanks for coming, kids. <laughs> At the very least, we're going to take a break. We're we're gonna take yeah, a let's take a quick break. break, and then we'll come back. We'll chat about some stuff. You going to stick around with us? Sure. All right. This is Speaker Newt Gingrich, and I'm listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan. He carried a gun for good to protect the rest of us. You carried a gun because you were a street terrorist, and that's what you are. It is incumbent upon the court to impose the sentence of death. That is all. Take him away. This is the Paying Attention radio program. <laughs> this is Mike Capuano. You're listening to Paying Attention, and you should. Thank you. This is former Louisiana Governor Buddy Romer, and you're listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan, where everybody gets it, even in Louisiana. Hey, gang, this is the Money Man, Eddie Money. Where's the party? Right here with my good buddy Tom Duggan. Where else? Meow. This is the Paying Attention radio program. Give me one specific example of what I have done that has been against the Hispanic people that is racist. In order to the convenience to the Latin American people, you say no. This is the Paying Attention Radio Program. Attention cigar smokers. Looking for cigars? Look no further than Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's never a gamble at Two Guys Smoke Shop with three locations in tax-free New Hampshire and over a million cigars on hand. We don't play around. Two guys rock. 
Enjoy a great cigar at Two Guys Smoke Shop. This is Havel Mayor Jim Fiorentini, and you're listening to Paying Attention Radio. Um, well, this is Valley Patriots puppy girl Kate Whitney, and you are listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan. <laughs> and Tom Duggan's really sexy. There you go. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the show. You can't top that. Puppy girl Kate Hi. Whitney, she's going to be. No, she didn't mean it. <laughs> I don't who cares if she means it. She said it. This is Lowell Mayor Rita Mercier. So you raise the devil, don't you? I do. I like people like that. Do you really? Yeah, I do that too sometimes. Yeah. Thank you. I love your show. Thank we, you very we, much. And can I tell you, I am paying attention. This is Mitt Romney. Uh, this is Robert Reich. This is State Auditor Joe Danucci. This is Warren Tolman. This is Steve Grossman. And you're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Paying Attention radio program. Paying attention. All righty. I guess we have to continue doing a show even though we have no material. That's okay. We'll just make it always up have material. Always have it's material. Always stuff to talk always about. Stuff to talk about. I don't know about you guys, but I had a nice cry during that last break. There you I was have. able yeah. to get it all out. There you go. Yeah, I, I I feel like I ramble when I talk about it because my head just goes into overdrive, and um, I'm still really, I you know I'm not angry about. I I saw family members that are very angry about what happened. Uh, I'm not angry about it. I think I'm just uh, I'm still befuddled about how someone can take a baseball bat to someone's head at 2 in the afternoon in front of 14 people a block from a police station, kill him, confess, sign a confession, be caught with his blood all over you, describe it on a stand in front of a jury and walk away, walk away free. I, I just, 28 years later, still can't wrap my head around that. I mean, I remember hearing not guilty and thinking they said guilty because my right. brain couldn't accept the information. Yep. And I heard guilty and I went, oh, good. And then everybody else gasped, and I went, wait a minute, did he say guilty or not guilty? He said not guilty. And I was like, wait, what? And to this day, I'm still saying, wait, what? You know what I mean? Right, yep. So. Something that strikes me as uh, pretty awesome about your dad from what you're describing is he wasn't one just to reach into his own pocket. I mean, on, a, on, a, on an officer's salary, it's not like he was rolling in it. Right. But to be able to reach out to the community and say, listen, as a community – we need to help this person that I, you know, I was able to discover. Right. Uh, what we need is more people like that that are willing. Uh, I'm not saying that you reach into your own pocket every single time, but right. if you can get the community around you, that's a community building person right yeah, there. Yeah, you know, everybody knows somebody who can help someone else that needs something. And so if you could just be that conduit, and that's what we try to do for the bash, right? We find, yep. out, we find out there's a kid from Whittier that needs at least $1,000 to get to college. And most kids who don't go to... Most kids who go to a vocational school don't go to college, right? Right. So we find out that there's this one kid, and he got into college, and he needs an extra $1,000 or so. And so I don't have $1,000 to give him. I can barely make my electric bill. But I know people who can. And so I reached out to Lenny Mirra. He's a state representative. 
He represents Haverhill. Whittier's mm-hmm. in Haverhill. Right. I said, I'm going to use the $250 you're giving us, and we're going to use that to start this kid off. And he said, well, if my money's going for a scholarship, I want you to up it to 500 Isn't that wow. awesome? So, wow. So I said, good. He says, how much are you looking to get? I said, I'm looking to get $1,000 for this kid. He said, if when you're done making phone calls by next week, if you don't have the, ex- the other $500 from somebody, I'll kick it in. And I said, I can't take, take $1,000 from you. He said, you're not taking anything. I'm giving it to the kid. I'm giving it to the college. And if you don't find anybody, I'll do it. And I learned that from my dad. I, I really did. Mm-hmm. That you, you, do, you may not have the resources to help somebody, but you know someone who does, reach out mm-hmm. and, and try and get it done. So at the end of the night, everybody's thanking me. It's not me. I extorted this money from all of my friends. Thank them because they're the ones that kicked <laughs> in. I'm just a conduit. I'm just the guy that made it happen. There you go. So what do you got, Fred? Anything good? Well, yeah. I, I want to get your opinion on a couple things going right. on in the news right now. Which is so weird because most people don't want my opinion. On I want your opinion. Things. I want to know everything you think about these okay. two topics. He's right. just not going to give you his opinion. That's right. That's no good. opinion here. That's good. We're it's gonna, all one I'm way. I'm going to double your salary just for saying that. Excellent. I appreciate that. So you obviously remember a few weeks ago, uh, actually almost a month ago, uh, there was a tragic shooting down in Parkland, Florida yes. at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Yeah, we talked about that extensively. We did. We did. Uh, so coming up on the one-month anniversary of that terrible event, uh, there's actually a movement nationwide for a national walkout uh, from uh, middle schools, high schools, uh, to promote and to recognize the importance of school safety and to advocate uh, about school safety and also, uh, th- you know, this is, is really, this really getting into the gun issue, basically. I was going to so, say, is this, yeah. really a, this is really a ruse to so, – Protest guns, right? Well, and so that's a question to you. So what do you think about all this? I mean, obviously, it's terrible what happened, but yes. in terms of having kids walking, walking out of class and, and advocating for these issues politically, basically, during school time, you yeah, think first that's of a good all, thing or bad thing? First of all, you're kids. You don't know anything, all right? So shut up and go to school. But the, it's a good news, bad news thing, right? Yeah. Because when they're in school, they're being indoctrinated by their communist teachers. So a day out of school might not be such a bad thing. On the other hand, no. you're a bunch of kids. Think about the... Think about the hypocrisy that we're told by the media every single day. On the one hand, we have to ban kids who are 18 years old from getting a rifle because they're so immature and irresponsible, they can't handle such a thing. On the other hand, we should let all of these high school kids make our gun policies for the country. We're going to have town hall meetings on CNN. We're going to ask them what they think, and we're going to craft our gun laws based on what they think. Excuse me. You just finished telling me that they were too irresponsible to even have a gun. Why are they writing gun policy? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, a 13-year-old girl in, in school can go to her guidance counselor and get an abortion without her parents' consent and without her parents' even knowledge because supposedly that's a right in our Constitution now. I've never seen it there, but there's a Supreme Court ruling that says that it is. On the other hand, guns are in the Constitution. That's actually in the Constitution. It's like our Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And they're not responsible enough to handle that. So how does that work? Right. You're responsible to have sex at 13, get pregnant at 13, get an abortion at 13, and you're so responsible that we're not even going to tell your parents. On the other hand, if you have a gun, that would be a bad thing. You're not, you're not mature enough for that. It seems to me like our whole country is schizophrenic. We don't even know what we believe well, anymore. That's a big debate nationwide. I mean, this is... Every time you turn on the TV, right. if, you, if you're not listening to the Paying Attention podcast or reading sh- The Valley Patriot, right. if you turn on the TV... It's all you hear about. Yeah, it's all you hear about. And yep. I think it's funny. We talked about this on a previous show. I think it's funny that CNN and the Democrats every single day try to convince you that Donald Trump is a Nazi 
who hates black people, wants to exterminate Jews, hates Latinos, hates Mexicans. He's secretly a spy for Vladimir Putin's communist Russia. And then in the next breath say, but Donald Trump should take all your guns. Wait, what? You know, it's interesting you bring that up because right now in the mainstream media, if you will, the whole debate is about a White House in crisis. White House in here. crisis. Crisis, crisis, crisis. The Chiron at the bottom. They got a graphic and everything. White House in crisis. What do you think? Because I know a lot of people who think uh, it's actually going pretty well. I think it doesn't matter. Yeah? I think all of this inside baseball, all this palace intrigue, who's getting fired today, who said mean things about Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump said one thing on Thursday, but uh, one of his secretaries said a totally different thing on Wednesday. Who cares? You know what people care about? You're going to lower my taxes. Mm -hmm. You're going to give my kids better education. You're going to protect us on the streets with more police officers, better police officers, better laws. Are you going to build a wall? Are you going to deport DACA kids? Are you going to let them stay? Mm -hmm. That's what people care about. Nobody cares if some secretary resigns. Nobody cares if some administrator resigns. Nobody cares about Jared Kushner. You know who cares? Anderson Cooper cares because he's vested. Wolf Blitzer on CNN cares because he's vested. They campaigned for Hillary Clinton. They gave money to Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton was their candidate. And while they're pretending to do news and they're really just shilling for the Democrats, they're going to care because it helps their side. Mm -hmm. The rest of America is going, listen, I don't care if Donald Trump pisses off everybody in his universe or in our universe. Is he going to lower my taxes? I got more money in my wallet. We have more money in my Feel wallet. Feel safe. Are my kids that, safe in yep. school? That's what people care about. Mm -hmm. And when the news starts actually reporting news, people will go back to watching news. But I've said it on this show a million times. I'm going to say it again. I wish I had a rich friend that could start a news channel, a cable news channel that we call JN, Just News. Mm -hmm. And it would be no opinion at all. It would be no opinion. It would be just straight news. You would start off with whatever the national news of the day was. But don't just repeat what Fox and CNN does. I'll be right? your first staffer. That'll yeah, be I'll do yeah. it. There you It'll go. It'll be the JFN show. There you go. Just Fred's news. There you go. No just, opinion. Just effing news. Just effing news. That's what we should call it. Just effing news. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? I think when you put on Fox and you see Sean Hannity, that moron, jumping up and down with his pom-poms, everything Donald Trump says is wonderful. Donald Trump shits gold. Donald Trump is the best. And then you put on CNN. And it's Donald Trump's a Nazi. Donald Trump's a How about just tell us what he fucking said? And then tell us what the Democrats say that was different and let the people at home make up their own mind. How about just that? How about just give us news from now on? And don't start off your, you know, that idiot that used to work for Obama. What's his name? Uh, I'll think of it in a minute that works for CNN. Uh, he comes out, Jim Shuto. He comes out with, Donald Trump lied again today. Well, if you're starting off your news broadcast with Donald Trump lied today, how is that news? Right. That's an opinion. Yep. I don't know. Just a big editorial. I don't, I, listen, I, I really wish we had... Real news in this country, I think the fact that we have right-wing news and so-called left-wing news is, is the end of our freedoms because we're living two different realities. Half the country is watching CNN, and they're seeing a whole total different reality. And then the rest of the country is watching Fox, and they're seeing a whole totally different reality. And now we can't even talk to each other because we can't even agree on the facts. Right. And that's just – it just divides America. It, I'm glad Fox News is there as a counterweight to all of the other liberal news stations – but I just wish that there was one station somewhere, anywhere, that could give us national news and tell us in Philadelphia a cop got killed today. In Houston, there was a flood. In Oregon, there was a big controversy over cutting down redwood trees. And just go around the country and tell us what's happening. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of stuff going on all over, the, all over the world, all over the country every day. And you know what CNN and MSNBC does? CBS, NBC, you know what they all do every day? One story. 
one story. If it's Jared Kushner today, tomorrow it's something Donald Trump tweeted, and they talk about it forever. You mm-hmm. know why? Because they're fucking lazy. They don't want to do any work. They don't want to actually go out and get a real story and write about it. Right. And it's sickening. The whole, the whole news situation is sickening. And that's why when I hired you and, and Meredith, I said, I want just straight news people. And I, I'll give whatever opinion that I can give, but you guys just be news people. So when people tune in and they see the two of you, they know that it's whatever you guys are going to say, it's just going to be real. Opinionless. Opinionless, right. 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 Yep. So what, what's your opinion on that? I have no opinion. That's awesome. Yep. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't either. Because I'm so opinionated. I can't not <laughs> so interject easy. There's always it. just one answer. You just remember one answer. Don't Nothing. answer the question. It's perfect. I like that. I'm going to try that in my real I life. I went to school for three years for that. Right? Yeah. Meredith would be giggling her head off right she now. She would be. Yep, she probably she is. She's probably watching us somewhere. Excellent. We should. That's what we should do. We should have a live camera on her watching us. Oh, there you go. Right? Have her Skype in. Yeah, we can have her Skype in. She could giggle, giggle while we're talking. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. No, uh, uh, what was the original story we were talking about here? Well, we were talking about the national walkout for oh, the walkout, on, on right. student, yeah. uh, you know, safety in schools yeah. and gun violence, and it would be nice. Important the, issue. It would be nice if the news just covered that event, and just said, "Okay, here's what happened," and then went to the next and the next news story. But it's they won't fit into a narrative, right? Yeah, they you know? won't. It'll be these kids went out because they care so much, and we should listen to them. And they're so passionate, and they're so emotional, and they've got such great ideas. They're the future. And this glorification of what they're doing because it fits with their narrative. But I guarantee you, if thousands of kids were walking out of school tomorrow because they wanted a wall on the southern border and deporting DACA, DACA recipients, guarantee you that'd be a totally different narrative, wouldn't it? It'd be either a bunch of stupid kids, the parents are probably racist, right? We hear the, like the whole totally opposite story, totally opposite. We'll have to see. Look, at, look, look what's happening in California, right? So there used to be this thing called Prop 213, two, yep. 247, whatever right. it was. Like 10 years ago, California passed this ballot initiative to deport illegal aliens, to not give them welfare, to not give them public housing. And the Obama administration sued California, and mm-hmm. the liberals sued California and said, no, 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 wait a minute. States can't have their own immigration policy. We have one federal immigration policy, and it's up to the feds to enforce it. And you guys are states. You, you can't have your own policy. You've got to follow the federal law, right? Now, California is saying we want to be a sanctuary state. Mm-hmm. And the same people who said, no, 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 states can't have their own immigration policy, now they're going, no, no, wait a minute. California shouldn't have to do the federal government's job for them. Right. California should be able to do whatever they want. And these are the same freaking people. Mm-hmm. So when Obama's doing it, it's, it's okay. When Trump's doing it, it's not okay. And what this all really means is what politics today has become is it doesn't matter what the Constitution says. It doesn't matter what's right and wrong. If our side benefits, we're going to make any argument we can to support it, even if it's the exact opposite argument we made on this exact same issue 10 years ago, five years ago. Just be the loudest voice. Right. That's it. Right. And that's how you know 95% of what you see on the news is theater. Mm -hmm. It's not real. It's not real. 95% 95% of what a politician tells you of both parties is not real. It's right. theater. It's been tested. They do push polling. They find out what interests people. They do these special polls where they see how people react to certain phrases and words, whether they react more positively or negative to certain catchphrases and talking points, and then they work those things into what they say. We were talking about Deval Patrick earlier, right? And one of the reasons I think he's going to win if he runs at least the first or second time is that he has, he has the ability to hypnotize people with those talking points, and he's got access to all these polling organizations mm-hmm. that will tell him what to say that will hypnotize people to think he's an awesome guy. And so most of what you see and most of what you hear is a total friggin' lie, almost all of it. 
And even when they're doing a seemingly innocuous story about a fire or a flood or something else, it's still being skewed to some kind of political narrative. It's, there's still stuff in that story that's just not real. Well, there's, there's an editorial just by virtue of the fact that it's in the newscast. Right. Just its placement in a national right. newscast right. Is, is saying something about an agenda in right. and of itself, right? Yep. Isn't I mean, the fact that the, the whole world is captured on video, I mean, with social media, YouTube, absolutely. Facebook. So if Duval Patrick does come out and polls everybody and says something the opposite of what he said 10 years ago, isn't that going to come out? Yeah, but no one will care. That's the problem. No one will care. No one cares that Barack Obama said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Period. Remember when he said period? Remember he pointed right at the camera and he said period. As if the, those of us who were saying, you're not going to get to keep your doctor, we're all, all a bunch of friggin' liars, right? It was period at the end of that. And at the end of the day, you couldn't keep your doctor and you couldn't keep your plan. And those people still voted for Hillary. Mm -hmm. So it didn't matter because people who, people who worship their politicians like sports stars, they don't care if they're being lied to. Right. As long as you're telling them what they want to hear, as long as you're going to promote what it is that they think is important, they don't care. Uh, I told the analogy a couple of weeks ago on the, on the show. I'm not a big baseball guy. I'm not a big sports guy, but I went to a Red Sox game one day, and one of the Red Sox players missed second base going around the, going around the bases. When he got to third base, the ump called him out. Now, we were all sitting in Fenway Park. We watched him miss second base. We mm -hmm. all watched him miss second base. We were sitting right there. But what did every single person in Fenway do when he got called out at third? Oh, come on, right? Because that's our guy. Because mm -hmm. that's our guy. Right. That's what politics is today. Yep. We don't care that Barack Obama missed the base. We don't care that he lied to us and said you can keep your doctor and knew it wasn't true when he said it. We don't care. People who hate Barack Obama are going to hate it. People who love Barack Obama are going to let it go. And the same thing with people who love Donald Trump. If Donald Trump does something monumentally stupid tomorrow, and we all agree amongst ourselves that it was monumentally stupid, the people who love Donald Trump are not going to criticize him publicly. They're still going to cheer him on. Well, there's that, that thing of you feel like you're giving in a little, and if you give in a little, the other person's not going to give in. They're right. going to take that inch that you gave and, right. and right. use that as momentum. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can't give in. Yeah, yeah we've, we've created a, a polarized society, a polarized culture now, where, yeah, the, the, the telling the truth is a revolutionary act. I mean, I went on Facebook when Donald Trump said, we'll take the guns first, then worry about uh, then worry about due process. I went, wait, what? I went on Facebook and eviscerated him. And you should see the hate mail that I got from all the Trump supporters. You're a fake Trumper. You're a fake conservative. No, I'm just telling the friggin' truth. Uh, Donald Trump might be a great president. I think he's a great president. I agree with most of what he says. But when he says something monumentally dumb, we have more of an obligation to say that was monumentally dumb. Absolutely. I think. Yep. And if you, when, when, I'll give you a better example. When we gave a First Amendment award to Suzanne Bump, who's the state auditor in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. who again thinks Elizabeth Warren's too conservative, I got the same crap from people saying, she's a liberal, you're a traitor. Listen, she, she stood up for the First Amendment. I mean, she stood up for, for, for freedom of speech. She exposed corruption in the welfare program. She exposed corruption in the home heating assistance program. If a Republican had done that, they'd be calling him a racist. But she did it. And when she did it, Deval Patrick attacked her publicly and said she was lying. So you know what she did? She did two more audits. And she proved not only was she not lying, but it was actually worse than what her first audit said that it was. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, I think, worthy of an award. It's I courage. Think, I think that's courage when you mm -hmm. stand up to your own party and you say, no, 
I'm not going to let people rip off the welfare system because there are kids out there that actually really need that money. Right. There are kids out there that really need that home, health, home heating assistance. And every single person that's committing fraud is taking away from those kids. Mm-hmm. Man, when I saw that interview, I was like, you know what? I don't care how much shit I get for this. She's getting an award this year. And I was shocked that she actually showed up, quite frankly. Because <laughs> she's like, Tom, I don't get this. You're like a right-wing yeah. Tea Party guy. Like, how does that work again? You have a good speech, too. Well, because you're all about the truth. Right. If somebody is right. willing to represent the truth and do the right thing, That's right. it has nothing to do with politics. Right, right, right. I am not a partisan, and you're never going to hear me say the Republicans are right about everything, and you're never going to hear me making excuses for a Republican or a conservative that does or says something monumentally dumb. On the other hand, I'm always going to give a Democrat credit when they do something good. And I think if everybody did that, if everybody was just fair down the line, we'd have a better government and we'd have better elections. Yep. But right now, we're just cheering for it. We're just cheering for everybody on our side. Yeah, like it doesn't it's pop, work that way. Like it's poppy rounding second base. And at the same time, you're the most opinionated person I've ever met in my entire life. That's, it's a great balance. It's, it's That's right. Probably very true. However, right. if you can show me I'm wrong about something, like the whole mental health thing, I've changed my mind four times on that. Yeah. Taking guns away from people who have mental health problems. I started off saying... Yeah, that makes sense. If someone's got a mental health issue, why should we let them have a gun? Right. And then I started looking at the statistics that like 95% of the people who have mental health problems have never committed any violence. And then I had a friend of mine come over to the office one day and say, hey, Tom, if you think it's okay to take someone's Second Amendment right away because the government deems their mental health status to not be good enough, then what's to stop them from taking their 13th Amendment right to not be enslaved or their First Amendment right to say what they want to say or worship the God that they want to worship. I mean, is this going to be the camel's nose in the tent? I started thinking about it like he's right. Mm-hmm. And so I changed my mind. And then I started talking to some of my veteran friends. And they said, yeah, you know, we got a lot of guys coming back with PTSD that should never have access to a gun. Mm-hmm. I know one. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he told me the guy's name. He said, we all know a guy. And he mentioned the guy's name, a, a veteran in Lawrence who's got guns and is, should not have guns. Um, and I said, you know what? Well, maybe the other side does have a point. So I've gone back and forth on this right. a whole bunch of times. Yep. But you listen. I have very strong opinions about things. But if you can show me that there's something I don't know, I'm very open-minded about mm-hmm. it. I'm mm-hmm. always willing to consider it. And people who watch the show, listen to the show, or read my newspaper, if at the end of reading my opinion, you had the op- if you, when you started off reading my column, you disagreed with me. And at the end of my column, you disagree with me even more. Then I'm okay with that. I'm actually, I'm good with that. Right. As long as you challenged what you thought, you thought about it. You go in with an open mind. Yeah, come in with an open mind. You you thought about it and you said, no, you know what, Duggan's even more wrong than I thought. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Because I made you think. Right. The only thing you can make people do is think. Yeah. Like you can't do anything else for them. So that's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. Yep. So anything else? White House in crisis? White House in crisis. What a joke. Who cares? Right? CNN's 24 7. On the Russian thing, 24-7 Russian crisis, White House crisis. No one cares. That's why they're tuning out. CNN's got its lowest ratings ever. Donald Trump running again, supposedly, right? Yep. Named a new campaign manager. Boy, I hope he can win. I didn't think he could win the first time. I hope he can win the second time. You actually think it's going to be Deval Patrick versus Donald Trump? Yeah, I do. Two years from now? Yeah. Wow. And two years from now when we come in and it's Deval Patrick... (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to take, vi- take the video of this right. and I'm going to take the audio of my show Absolutely. from five years ago. We're yep. going to run them back to back. We got the evidence. And by the way, it's not because I'm a swami. It's not because I'm like a genius at what I do. It's just because I know these people. I've met these people. I know these people. Mm-hmm. And I know what they're capable of. And I see, the, I see the patterns of how elections work and what goes on. And I can't imagine Deval Patrick's not the nominee. I can't even imagine it. 
Wow. I can't, e- I can't even think of anybody else that, that could romance the left wing of the Democrat Party more than Deval Patrick. Sounds like he's imagining it a lot right now. Yeah, it's I, it's I on his radar screen. Yes, and when he does, I'm going to be talking about slain Wuben police officer Jack McGuire every single where I go. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go to every event that he is at locally. And when it comes time for audience questions or reporter questions, I'm going to ask him about Dominic Sinelli and why he allowed Dominic Sinelli, a guy with three life sentences, out free to kill a police officer again. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not letting it go. I, I know the family of Officer McGuire. Mm-hmm. I know what they went through. Yep. And it never should have happened. Never no. should have happened. Nope. I mean, you can't blame anybody else but the murderers who killed my dad. Mm-hmm. But there's sure as hell a lot of other people responsible for the death of, of, of Jack McGuire, for sure. Mm-hmm. No question about it. So, did you want to take a break? You want to go? should probably pay some bills and have some advertisers right. uh, support the show, right? Well, talk about you're an advertiser. Talk about uh, Lyric Properties, Lyric Consulting. Give the phone number, the, the website. Well, the important part is Lyric Consulting is here to represent Tom Duggan yes. for all of his engagements, right? So if you want Tom to speak to your group about any issues that matter, including media, right. media in the news, right, and ethics and, and that sort of thing. If you're interested in promoting the bash coming up on March 23rd, advertising here on the Paying Attention Podcast. That's the most Valley important Patriot, we, That's we, really important. Yeah, we want your money. Absolutely. So I got bills to pay. Call us, Lyric Consulting, 978-494-4450. We know how to get in touch with Tom and can line him up to, to speak to you. Yep. You can ask for Fred or Meredith. Absolutely. I, I always ask for Meredith. That's just me. He though. always asks for Meredith. All right, we'll be back. Maddie, Maddie has rejoined us. We're going to bring Maddie up here to chat about some stuff. Mostly because she's hot. We need eye candy. There's only five people that watch the show, but, you know, we got to entertain them. It's my job. Even though there's only five people, my job is to entertain. Back after this, I'm paying attention. This is Speaker Newt Gingrich, and I'm listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan. He carried a gun for good to protect the rest of us. You carried a gun because you were a street terrorist, and that's what you are. It is incumbent upon the court to impose the sentence of death. That is all. Take him away. This is the Paying Attention radio program. <laughs> this is Mike Capuano, and you're listening to Paying Attention, and you should. Thank you. This is former Louisiana Governor Buddy Romer, and you're listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan, where everybody gets it, even in Louisiana. Hey, gang, this is the money man, Eddie Money. Where's the party? Right here with my good buddy Tom Duggan. Where else? Meow. This is the Paying Attention radio program. Give me one specific example of what I have done that has been against the Hispanic people that is racist. If ever change the convenience to the Latin American people, you say no. This is the Paying Attention Radio Program. Attention cigar smokers. Looking for cigars? Look no further than Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's never a gamble at Two Guys Smoke Shop with three locations in tax-free New Hampshire and over a million cigars on hand. We don't play around. Two Guys Rock, Two Guys Rock, with a billion choices in stogie heaven. Christopher Columbus rolled those leaves, Rudyard Kipling gave Maggie the heat. King and the Seven named his stogies, did it all for a taste of a man. 
So come enjoy a great cigar at Two Guys Smoke Shop. This is Havel Mayor Jim Fiorentini, and you're listening to Paying Attention Radio. Um, well, this is Valley Patriots puppy girl Kate Whitney, and you are listening to Paying Attention with Tom Duggan. <laughs> and Tom Duggan's really sexy. There you go. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the show. You can't top that. Puppy girl Kate right. Whitney, she's going to be. No, she didn't mean it. I don't who cares if she means it. She said it. This is Lola Mia's Rita Mercier. So you raise the devil, don't you? I do. I like people like that. Do you really? Yeah, I do that too sometimes. Yeah. Thank you. I love your show. Thank if you very we, much. And can I tell you, I am paying attention. This is Mitt Romney. Uh, this is Robert Reich. This is State Auditor Joe Danucci. This is Warren Tolman. This is Steve Grossman. And you're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Paying Attention Well, wow, even the Tribune's got nothing. Paying Attention. <laughs> We need the microphone back. Can you bring oh, the microphone, microphone back? The microphone's currently at school. Yeah, that's that's an unacceptable answer. Hey, how you guys doing? We've got the Paying Attention podcast. This little thing that we do every week at, on Tuesdays at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Except today's Thursday. It's Thursday. What did I say, Tuesday? You said Tuesday. Tuesday. Listen, I've had no sleep, so you guys should know by now. <laughs> Everyone should know by now. Even when I've gotten sleep, my time frames are always off because I... I Every day runs into the next day for me because I don't sleep a lot. Um, so I always get days and times wrong. So we're, we're, let's start that again. So we do this little podcast every Thursday, right? There Thursday? you go. Every do you Thursday. think maybe he's compensating for something? <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. That's way more true than even you know. Uh, we do this little podcast every Thursday from 2 to 4. Uh, usually we have Fred and Meredith with us. Uh, Paul is my Paul Barano is my producer. He's a little bit of a snowflake. He's kind of afraid of his own shadow. And uh, whenever there's a brisk wind, he can't be here. That's like, you know, his excuse. He's like, oh, there's a brisk wind. I can't come. Um, so he's not here today. Uh, but he will be back next week, he assures me. And uh, we appreciate Fred doing news, even though Meredith couldn't make it. Uh, it is mandatory that she come back next week. But sitting to my left, uh, for those actually watching on uh, YouTube, those listening at home, uh, the female voice you're about to hear, is my intern, Maddie. And I think we have to elevate her from intern to another position so that she'll come more because, uh, because we love having her around. She's actually extremely competent at what she does. She's great at video editing. She's great at doing graphics for the show. And the reason why our graphics on the show haven't been that good the last few weeks is because she's been at school. Yep. And when, so when she comes back, we'll have way better graphics. So you'll, you can always tell by the quality of the show whether my interns are here or not, right? <laughs> is so her they, email broken? I mean, she could just send them to yeah, me. Yeah, you can yeah. email me stuff. I've That's been true. saying that to you. We can, we can coordinate. You. We can coordinate. Yeah, I have some free time. Yeah. Hold All right. Limited, okay. So. And, you, and you brought your friend. Who was your friend? My friend is Nick McCool. Yeah. And he works for one of our favorite newspapers, The Loop. Yes, he right? does. Right? The Methuen Loop. I love The Methuen Loop. Uh, not real happy about the hit piece they did on Jessica Finicaro. I'm actually still kind of pissed off about it because uh, I think it was, I think it was way over the line, way way over the line. However, um, I decided to counter that with my own column this month on um, Methuen Mayor Jim Jajuga. And um, if you thought that the Loops story on Jessica was bad. Uh, you haven't seen anything until you've read my story on Jim Dejuga. Is this like East Coast, West Coast rap battling yeah, going on right now? It's starting to work that way. But you know, here's the thing. Like when we started the Valley Patriot, Methuen Life was the Methuen paper. 
and uh, Steve Whipple, who I always kind of had respect for and thought he was a good guy and actually kind of liked his product, uh, treated us like crap. And his people were running around stealing our racks. They were stealing our papers. And then he was denying it. And I'm like, listen, like, we, we have video. Why are you denying this? And, and over the years, we've never really kind of gelled. And mostly because he's an insider suck-up. He's more interested in sucking up to the people who are on the inside. And I'm more interested in just exposing what's really going on. And friend or foe, I try to call it like it is. He's not so much. Um, then the Methuen Loop came along. And I picked it up for the first time. I was really... You live in Methuen, right? Have you yeah. seen the Methuen Loop? All mm -hmm. right. So I picked it up, and I was really excited. It's a very clean product. It's an excellent product. And I'm flipping through it going, wow, like, this is a real newspaper. Like, how long has it been since we've had, a, other than the Valley Patriot, a real newspaper in the Merrimack Valley? Like, never. I mean, going back to, like, the Eagle Tribune in 1985, we haven't had a real newspaper in the Merrimack Valley. Um, so we threw them a little love in our editorial, and, uh, and I... Certainly appreciate that Tim Wood, something Steve Whipple would never do. Uh, Tim Wood, who owns the, uh, the Methuen Loop, contacted us this week and said he wanted to make a $500 donation to our Valley Patriot Bash. Nobody from the Tribune has ever done that. Nobody from Methuen Life has ever done that. Nobody from the North End of a Citizen has ever done that. Nobody from any of the other media outlets in the Merrimack Valley have done that, with the exception of Tim Coco at WHAV. And I thought, you know what? That takes a lot of character. For a guy like Tim Wood, we're kind of competition, even though we're really not, but we are kind of competing papers. We're both in Methuen, and for him to do that, that, that shows character. Like, that shows, like, this guy has ethics, he sees that we're doing good stuff, and he wanted to help. And, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciated his donation more than some of the other donations, because I know the crap he's going to take for it. Mm -hmm. Now, if, if somebody wanted to donate to the Valley Patriot Bash, how would they go about doing it? And if they wanted to procure tickets, how would they go about doing that? So you can go on eventbrite.com and type in Valley Patriot Bash or even just Valley Patriot and it will come up. You can buy your tickets there. Um, and by the way, veterans are free for this event. Active duty military is free for this event. Um, we are not going to check military IDs at the door because we don't have to. There's going to be a lot of veterans in that room. If one person comes in and says they're a veteran and they're not a veteran, the veterans will know it, right? The veterans will know it, and they will kick your ass. Trust me. So uh, we want active duty military to come, and we want our veterans to come because we are doing this partly to honor veterans. Uh, and you can go to Eventbrite for tickets. You can also make a donation on Eventbrite. You can write a check and mail it to us at 75 Main Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, 01845. You can send me an email. You can pay us with PayPal. Uh, my email address is uh, valleypatriot at AOL.com. Uh, we're on every social media you can imagine. Th by the way, thanks to Maddie. She's like, she got us on Snapchat, and she oh, got yeah. like uh, Instagram, like all these things that like kids are using that I never, <laughs> never used. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is, the tech this is like the new Facebook. You've got to be on this. So because of Maddie, I don't know if you saw it, this morning I went on Snapchat no, and did a preview of the show. You did? I did. I am so proud of you. you. Look at you. Right. Look at you go. Sucks. I'm so proud. So did the proud. best that I could. But, but it was because of you. Like, I kept hearing your voice going, no, you have to use the new technology. So I've been yeah. doing Instagram and Snapchat and all that stuff. It's so important to keep up with social media nowadays. So you're in college. First of all, I can't believe you're in college because I remember when you when you were five, right? <laughs> so even when I'm pretending to hit on you, I still kind of feel weird about it, even though I'm the one doing it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's all, just, it's all just theater for the audience anyway, right? Oh. But you're in college now. and no, I'm old. I'm 20. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to kill myself now. I just feel so old. 
Like, literally, I remember Maddie, like, just running to the door when I showed up at her mom's house, her mom and dad's house. And she'd, like, run to the door with the little dog, and she wasn't much bigger than the dog. And now she's taller than I am, and she's 20, and it's like, holy crap. Um, mm-hmm. But now that you're in college, I wanted to kind of pick your brain about it a little okay. bit. So have you seen, now that you've been in college now for a few months, uh, you started in uh, the fall, right? No, I'm a sophomore, so I've been in college for almost two years oh now. God, just kill me. I know. Time goes by fast. Thanks for coming, kids. Good night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got nothing after uh, that. How do, how do I even recover after that? I don't that? even I just know. Feel so, just being around you makes me feel old. You're not old. I know, but it makes me feel old. See, in my head, I still feel like I'm 25. Mm-hmm. Until I'm hanging out with somebody like Maddie, and then it's just a constant reminder that I'm not, right? <laughs> well, that's because you see me as little. That's true. That's true. That's very, very true. Um, so now that you're in college, tell us about your experience in college. Have you, have you run into a lot of, like, social justice warriors? Do you have any friends that, like, don't talk to you because you like Donald Trump or don't like Donald Ooh. Trump? Like, do you have any, any of that kind of social dynamic going on? Um, I don't really involve myself too much with politics. The rule usually, and Nick can probably back this up, between my in our friends group is we don't talk about two things. We don't talk about politics and we don't talk about religion because that always ends in very heated arguments. Sometimes like Nick and I will have an argument about certain things, but we won't like have the full group because then people will get mad. Yeah. People will just like stop talking. So you were telling, you were telling me when you were in high school before oh, you even got to college, okay, you yeah. had a friend that refused to talk to you because you said you liked Donald Trump. No, I said, I said I liked what he was doing. I'm not. I don't really like to speak about politics a lot. But um, basically, we were having this big conversation. This is before like this is like the primaries or whatever it was, and we were talking like, oh, like, what do you think about this? And Bernie Sanders was a big thing, and everybody was like, oh my God, I love Bernie Sanders, blah blah blah, whatever. And I'm like, I think Donald Trump is just being like kind of just putting himself out there and just like taking no shit and. Like, somebody just, like, at the table got so upset that I even, like, mentioned his name. She got up, walked out of the lunchroom, would not talk to me again. Which because I said, like, I liked something that he was doing. Yeah, and so she just refused she, to talk to me. She did you a favor. Because you don't want to be around somebody who's that emotionally volatile. They can't just, they just well, they can't handle well, somebody disagreeing with them. Everybody is allowed their own opinion. Right. Like, if they don't like what I'm saying, they're allowed to be upset about it. Just as if I didn't like what somebody else was saying, I would be allowed to be upset. Like, I'm not very set in politics. So, like, mm-hmm. either way, I didn't really. Which, by the way, that's the way kids are supposed to be, right? You're not, you're not really in, you're, you're, you're a kid, right? You don't want to think of yourself as a kid at 20, but you're a kid. Right. Compared to the rest of us. And you shouldn't be out there holding signs for global warming and all this other crap because you don't really know this stuff until you go into the real world. Stop paying taxes. Stop living life. Stop paying bills. Get some responsibility. Own a house. Own a house. Yeah. And, th- and then you see the world around you very, very differently than you did when you were a kid. Well, because so all these kids going out there and protesting and stuff. It's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Shut up. Be like Maddie. Have some opinions on some things, but don't be, like, solid in anything in particular because most of what you've seen or heard on TV is bullshit. Well, that and a lot of kids derive their political opinions from their parents, which they don't necessarily have to agree with in the first place. So if your parents, you grow up in a totally democratic household, you're going to think, okay, I'm a Democrat by association. And when you grow up and go to college and experience the world, you might be like, wow, like, this was totally wrong. So, like... I feel I feel like until you are out of college and like on your own and kind of figuring it out, you you can have your opinions, but like I don't think you're necessarily set in your way right. on that. 
I think you have to. Where are you on global warming? Are, are, global, do you buy into global have, warming bullcrap? I don't have any. She has no opinion. Any you opinion know what? You want to be a news person? Yeah, you want to be <laughs> Fred's replacement. Fred's replacement. <laughs> I'm gonna. Do, I'm gonna be Fred and just have no opinion. It'll be. Ma- it'll. It'll be. <laughs> Jonathan, think about this. Meredith and Maddie. Right. Pretty good. Two beautiful women. And we both pretty, went to BU. We pretty both, good. She went to BU, she said. And oh, yeah, she went to BU, yeah. Yeah, and I go to BU. So oh, excellent. Now, now does uh, Nick go to BU Nick as well? Goes to BU. So that's how you guys are hanging out together, right? Well, we went to high school together, too. Oh, right, right, right. And he, and he, uh, all right, so very good. I already said he works for the loop. <laughs> I was just looking for another way to work the loop in because I appreciate the donation that your, that your boss gave us. And I, I, I appreciate it because I know how much shit he's going to take for it. So, uh, so that's pretty much it as far as, as, as college. You don't have yeah. uh, any communist professors trying to shove their opinions down your throat. I, I take all PR and communications classes. so okay. I'm Yeah, but those are all still pretty communist they're professors. They're still pretty liberal. My professors don't really say much. It's more like learn this information because you have a big test, and if you fail, you're screwed. Well, so it's I'm, encouraged, <laughs> I'm encouraged to hear that. I'm encouraged to hear that because, by the way, that's what professors are supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? Don't bring your political views into the, into the class. Just teach the course. Right. Yeah, a lot of professors just want to like teach the course or like foster a conversation on like what's going on. What Do you have a lot material. of social justice stuff going on on campus? Um, there are some groups that advocate for certain things. Um, usually, the most like social justice things come from like the BUTV10 and all that stuff that we work on. It's just news, yeah. so we just talk about like news events that are going on. So like, oh, this event happened and whatever. But it's not really like. It doesn't get crazy. Now, is Christina also at BU? No, Christina's at, oh, my God. Is she at Endicott, I think? I don't know. I think, yeah, where is she? I thought she said she was at BU because for some reason I thought the two of you no, magically were in the same. I think she's at Endicott, yeah. I think. Don't quote me. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. No, it's okay. Um, That's all right. Very good. But, yeah, no, college is, college is fun. Okay. Just a lot of work. What would happen if you showed up on campus tomorrow with a I Love Donald Trump t-shirt? I just wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that like anywhere. Neither would I show up with a "I love Hillary" shirt because I don't really have a set of opinions. But, but what so do you think would happen if you did? Like, let's just say I, for fun, you decided you wanted to do a little experiment and you showed up at I, school with a "I love Donald Trump" T-shirt. What do you think would happen? I don't think people would really say anything. Really? No. Well, not it sounds really. like BU is actually a good place to send your kids. I can't show oh, up. Oh, it is. It's a great school. To a family I love it. function. Me neither. With a Donald Trump hat on, let alone yeah. an "I love Donald Trump." Well, right? I think I think. Anything, if you wore like an I love a certain thing, you'd just get some looks maybe from people who don't agree with you. But I don't think people would be like, oh, my God, you're wrong. You have to like you have to burn that shirt or anything like I don't think they would do that. All right. Well, it, it sounds like BU is actually a pretty good school to send your kids if that's the case, because I talk to college kids at a lot of other colleges in Massachusetts. And they're like, I, my, f- my safety would be in jeopardy if I walked on the campus I, with a Donald Trump shirt. Well, the thing is, like. I wouldn't do that. Like, I'm not the kind of person to involve myself in political happenings like that. I'm more kind of just, like, keep to my own thing because I'm not I'm not involved in politics. I'm more, like, involved with music things and right. stuff. So right. I, I'm not as involved. I'm sure somebody else who's more involved in the political scene on college not in college campuses could speak more to that. Your generation has grown up basically on camera basically. with Snapchat. Facebook, Facebook Live, Instagram, everything that you do and say could potentially be caught on camera and be shown later on in life. So we we pick on millennials all the time for their lack of work ethic, but kudos to you. Um, you, I've I've seen your work ethic. It's unbelievable, by the way. But you're you're very smart not to uh, put yourself out there that way. 
Yeah, no, I'd I'd rather just like keep to myself. Stay Switzerland. My opinion. Yeah, so that's what I say in arguments. Like I'm like I'm Switzerland. I don't want to have any part in this. I don't want people using my words against me or twisting them. So therefore, I'm just gonna be like in the middle. No, no opinions. Actually, I'm actually watching you on the YouTube channel on delay, and you look amazing. Oh, so I'm just you. glad. I'm thank glad you. that the red I have lipstick you here. really plays well. Yeah. I know so many people are like, you need to wear red lipstick, and I'm like, oh, I've never worn this before. No, I like but the red. Okay. The red's good. Uh, but I like that she's covered up though, because yes, like I, I still I still see her as like a five. So I'm I like, just cover up, please. I think my mom would kill me yeah, if I, think I she wasn't. Would, I think she would kill me too. And even, my dad even if too. I had nothing to do with it, she'd probably kill me too. One time I walked out of the house with like a V-neck on, and my dad looks at me and he goes, "That's like half a shirt. Where's the other half?" And I'm like, oh, "Dad, I'm like I'm older." He's like, "I don't care. Go change." Go change. Right I remember having many conversations with my daughters when they were on their way to school in the morning. Mm-hmm. Mostly my oldest. And she'd come, she'd come down, and I'd see what she was wearing, and I'd be like, go back upstairs uh-uh. and change. <laughs> and the temper tantrum, and she would storm upstairs, and she'd come oh, down yeah. with something worse and go, well, do you like this? And I'm like, get the hell back upstairs and put on something respectable for school. It's That's a good first effort, honey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's try that again. Right. And by the way, she hated it, but I bet if you asked her today, she'd be happy mm-hmm. that I did. Def- That's like my grandfather. When, when he was alive, he You're saying I'm like your grandfather? No, 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 I don't no, feel no. old she's, enough? No, no, no. She's not. No, I am. No. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, my grandfather, when he was alive, he, he was like a little old man. He was 72-ish. And so whenever I'd come over with like a rip in my jeans, he's like, did you buy those jeans like that? You need to return them. What is this? Like I showed him my prom dress and he goes, uh, where's the rest of it? That's the first thing he said. Not, oh, you look so nice. That right. looks so nice. And I was covered. Like my back, it showed maybe like half my back. And he was like, where's the rest of it? Yep. That's the first thing he said. Yeah. The, the, so the general rule should be if you think Tom Duggan would like it, don't wear it. <laughs> That should, be the, that should be the general rule. By that rule, then people should just be wearing, like, paper burkas. bags. Yeah, burkas. Like. Every woman should wear a burka <laughs> at your age. At my age. Keep guys like me away, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have guys like Well, we done a rabbit me. hole we don't need to be in, yeah, actually, no. I think. Sean the Barista runs his life by the same motto. If uh, Tom Duggan would like it, he won't wear it. To work, anyways. <laughs> Sean the Barista. To work. Sean the Barista makes the best freaking coffee anywhere. I'm going to say it again in case you missed best. it in the first segment. Here at the, we, are at, we are at the second floor of Two Guys Smoke Shop at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And if you're driving down Broadway and you're hankering for a coffee, don't go through the drive-thru with Duncan's. No. Trust me when I tell you. Sean the Barista. Park your car. Come up here. Order a coffee from Sean the Barista. You'll never want coffee from anywhere else. His expense report is so unbelievable because he flies all the way to Indonesia to get the beans, (laughs) and he roasts them on the flight back. We had to buy a plane, a roaster. A roaster in a plane, Oh, a roaster in the plane. It's out of control. That's... That's inventive. Given how good that it tastes, I don't doubt one word. No, it's about worth it. It's yeah, worth it. it. Totally worth. You were it. able to. You're able to get a great draft when you're flying at 500 miles right? an hour. Oh yeah. So uh, one more thing, and then we're gonna we're gonna bounce out and thank our advertisers, and obviously thank you for Maddie mm-hmm. for being here. Uh, and if you want to talk about this, you can. I don't know if you read my column this month. Uh, it hit the streets on Tuesday. Uh, I wrote probably the toughest column I've ever written about anybody ever. And if you're familiar with my work, that should scare you. <laughs> um, and my column this month is that uh, Methuen Mayor Jim Jajuga's public safety record is a total fraud, and it is. Uh, I've been watching this guy for 30 years, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to give you all of it. I'd really like you to just go online and read it or pick up a Valley Patriot, excuse me, and read it. Uh, but the bottom line is, and what precipitated this, believe me, it gave me no pleasure to write what I wrote. It didn't. Um, if it was Willie Lantigua, I would have been dancing on my desk. But um, 
Jim Jajuga sat at a meeting last week as the mayor of Methuen, and a Methuen school board member named Jaina DiNatale, who's a mother with children in the schools, made a suggestion that they set up a public safety committee between the city council and the school committee to deal with school safety, especially after the shooting in Parkland, Florida. Actually, we should probably talk to you about some of that. I mean, you, uh, being the a, Parkland? Yeah, the Parkland thing. We should talk about that after this. I think we should bring Nick up to talk to yeah, him if he ab- wants absolutely. to. Another college student opinion. Right? He probably has very different opinions than I do. And so Jaina made this suggestion, and Jim Jajuga, the mayor of Methuen, went up one side of her and down the other. And his basic thing is, I'm not interested in doing any of that. I'm Mr. Public Safety. He's banging his fist. I'm Mr. Public Safety. I'm a former state trooper. I'm a former commissioner of public safety. I'm a former uh, state senator. I was, on the ju- I was on the Judiciary Committee in the Senate or whatever com- stupid committee he was on. And he humiliated her. And I watched that meeting. And I was just so floored by what I was watching. Because when Jim Jajuga pushes his resume down people's throats, his public safety resume, he leaves out an awful lot. Like, he talks about how he was a state trooper, but he doesn't say that he was forced to resign as a state trooper because of his heroin use. And nobody knows about that, right? Nobody talked about it during the campaign. The Eagle Tribune wasn't interested in writing that story before the election. None of the other newspapers, and I give the loop a free pass on this because they're new. They don't know the institutional history of these people that you guys just started your paper. But... Uh, I, I, I watched that and I said, wait a minute, he was forced to resign as a state trooper, then he became commissioner of public safety, and you know what happened on his watch, Dr. Jonathan, uh, Mr. Jonathan? <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> muted myself. What happened? Uh, uh, he, was, he was the commissioner of public safety on 9-11 when those Muslims walked through Logan Airport. It was his job to have security at Logan Airport to stop such things, and it happened on his watch, so he was forced to resign from that. And then he became a state senator, and he was forced to resign from that because of state and federal investigations for corruption, none the least of which is Crest Associates. You should look that up. Read my story first, then look that up. Uh, So I was very, very tough on Jim Jajuga this month. Um, If you like Jim Jajuga, you'll probably hate me for the rest of my life. I'm okay with that Uh, because it's the truth and it needed to be told. And the fact, I'm more outraged that the media didn't tell people about his public safety uh, resume, his real resume, than I am about Jim Jajuga's behavior. Uh, when I watched that, I said, you know, the fact that this guy's mayor is really the media's fault. Because if the media was writing about this before the election, someone would have run against him. And they would have used that information against him. They might have even beat him, and he wouldn't be mayor now. But now he is. And he's against a public safety committee. He's against a panic button. Uh, the, the teachers had a panic button on their phone in Methuen schools. So if a kid walked in with a gun, they could hit it, and it would go directly to the police station. They could get immediate police response. He was against that idea, too. Because he's Mr. Public Safety. He knows it all. So, anyways, that's a preview of my column. Please read it. Um, Getting back to the Parkland thing. I'm interested what you guys think about this because of your age. I'm sure it affected you a little bit more than it affected some of us who aren't in school because these kids were your age, right? They're close to your age when it happened. So, I'm interested in your thoughts, whatever they are. You can shoot first. I'm happy to listen. No pun intended, I'm sure. (laughs) No, none at all. None at all. I apologize. That's it. He just got fired from the loop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a short stint on uh, paying attention here. Right? (laughs) Peggy, listen, if you worked for Methuen Life, you'd be fired just for being in the room, never mind being on the show. (laughs) Look, I I try not to to burn any bridges. I know all of these editors, and to me personally, they've all been nice. Right. But I I mean, I, I worked for Tim for this summer. 
Uh, I consider him a mentor and a friend, and he has been very good to me. Good, and excellent. Yeah, and I, I hear really good things about him. Yeah, he's no. he's super nice. Yeah. And you know, you you said something about uh, donating to your to your benefit. I'm not surprised at all by that. Right. It it seems like it's just the kind of thing. That I was surprised. Do. I mean, I know him that well, so yeah. I, I don't. Well, and that's why though. Right. That's yeah. why that yeah. you 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 haven't seen him up close that much. Yeah. But he's he's that kind of guy. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not surprised at all. I'm happy that it happened, and I and I hope it goes well for you. I'm. I'm Thanks. Well, you should come. What's the date again? Uh, it's a two weeks from Friday, March twenty third. From Friday. Um, Maddie sang. Maddie sang like four years ago, three years ago yeah. at the best. She opened it up with the Star Spangled Banner or something. Oh, very uh, nice. Yeah, it was like God bless. God bless America, it? maybe. I think it was something like. I'm something actually. Like that. I'm interested to see what you thought. Did you see Fergie's rendition of the national anthem? Oh gosh. Yes. That's that what I figured terrible. your thoughts were on that. My thoughts are Fergie's hot. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah, but she she. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a music person, so hearing that was like nails on a chalkboard. Well, for yeah. Me. Listen, first yeah. of all, celebrities so should never do the she, national anthem. She tried to sex up the national anthem. Yeah, don't do that anthem, which you shouldn't do. It's it's a respect thing right. for like your country and all the veterans and just like. Mm. Just in general, <laughs> I hate when people do the national anthem in general, and they have to throw in their own little inflections in, or they have to try. Oh, to I love change that. It up. It's like you know what? Listen, <laughs> just sing the fucking song, all well, right? You can you can change it a little bit because not because the national anthem is over an octave in range. So mm-hmm. you so if you don't have the range, you have to change it. Right. But like in general, you can do like maybe a little bit more of a run here or there. But like if you're singing it like this, yeah, like it's yeah. Please stop doing that. Don't do that. Right. Yeah. yeah don't do that. Not, no, I didn't like I didn't like her rendition of it, but you know I. It, it's like freedom of speech to me. You know, you yeah. can you can do with it what you want, and you if can. someone liked it, they'll hire her again. But right, I'm going right. to go with no one's hiring her to do the national anthem yeah. ever again. So I, st- I still go with she's hot, so I don't care what she does. <laughs> so I'm I'm a journalist as well. I'm just like Fred. I'm trying not to right. to give any opinions. But here. I want but your opinions on the Parkland thing because I think people right. at home should hear from people your age about what you think about it. Well, Even I, though you shouldn't be old enough to carry a gun. And I'm going to pull a Fred thing. I think it's very interesting. And <laughs> I, I think... Oh, yeah. I, well, if you, look at, if you look at the way that uh, history has shown that young people do cause change, regardless of whether or not you feel as though they should be able to, if you look at the situation, you know, 50 years or so ago, and I, again, I'm... I'm in, the College of Communication is... Com for short, so we call it the College Which of Optional, optional math. math. I'm not entirely sure how. I, I believe it was about 50 years ago uh, that really the the youth of America, in a large way, catalyzed our exit from that war, from the right. Vietnam War. Uh, and there are several situations in the past where they have the youth of America have catalyzed change. And I think that the only reason, or one of the major reasons why politicians are finally paying attention is this gunman picked the wrong school because it turns out that this school is a school full of advocates. And people like, I've, and forgive me if I butcher his name, but David Hogue, or I'm, I believe that's how you pronounce yeah. his name. I just saw him on Twitter last, or, uh, last night, I should say. But people like him who are journalists. He, he is a self-professed journalist. Uh, and and they're, they're giving their opinions and they are, they are advocating for what they believe in regardless of what they believe. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much politicians will pay or will pay attention to kids. And frankly, in, if I could just, as, as an adversarial journalist, challenge you a little bit on that. Sure. Um, 
I wish more people would do that, by the way. Okay. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. So if I could just counter and rebut your, your argument there a little bit, that you said that these kids should not be advocating against guns. At the same time, you also have an argument that says, well, they were the ones being shot at. Right. So, so what would your response be to that? Uh, I, I don't know that I have a response for that, other okay. than by virtue of your age, you don't understand the law of life yet. And okay. so to, to come up with a conclusion that you have the answer mm-hmm. – um, shows, I think, their immaturity. Because you don't have the answer. If we had the answer, we would, have, we would have done it by now, right? I mean, if we had an answer, if we had a solution, we would have come up with it. Now, if any of these kids came up with something that was different than what we've heard f- after every other shooting, I'd be like, yeah, great. This kid came up with a great thing that nobody ever thought of. We should be rallying for that. Um, but taking guns away has never been a good thing for any society that's ever done it. And in Tom's defense, his comment earlier was that the politicians were trying to play both sides mm-hmm. of the argument in saying, on one hand, that an 18-year-old isn't responsible enough to own a gun, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, they're so responsible that they can make up the laws surrounding gun control. Yeah, they're, they're gonna... So you can't have it both ways. You have to either be you're responsible and you can own a gun and now you can help make gun laws or you're not responsible and therefore your opinion doesn't matter because you aren't old enough to own or help to create laws surrounding guns. Yeah, I, I don't think you can hold both, both positions. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, if you, could okay. find, if, you could, if you could find a way to do that, I'm open to hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, I'm just trying to bring up a counter-argument no, to great. what you're saying. No, I like that. Um, but I, uh, it, it seems if I could draw an analogy that you're, you're arguing for, uh, a, in a similar situation, uh, youths arguing for prohibition. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. And I think that there, a lot of them are being manipulated. And that they're being manipulated by the media. Once you put a camera on somebody, they're going to say anything they can to get on TV, right? Right. And they know what CNN wants to hear. I mean, they're kids, but they're not stupid. They know what MSNBC wants to hear and CBS wants to hear. And uh, you'll notice that the kids who have conservative parents were on Fox, right? And the kids that were liberal, their kids were on CNN. And it seems like they're just being used by both sides. And I just, I want, if, if kids are going to come up with an idea on their own, if they want to get together and they want to have discussion groups and come up with some ideas on their own, and it's not take away guns or don't take away guns, and it's not the same stuff we've heard from everyone else, I think that would be fascinating. If CNN wasn't holding that town hall, if that town hall was being run by the kids or the parents, I think we would have gotten much more honest and a cross-section of, of views, and we might have actually learned something. I think Donald Trump did a great thing. He'll never get credit for it. But he invited people to the White House, and he let them go around, and I've never seen any president do that live on TV. He let them go around. One guy eviscerated him. One guy said he was great. One guy said we got to get rid of guns. One guy said we absolutely should not get rid of guns. But we heard everybody's views, and it was fair. He let them speak. He didn't cut them off. You go on CNN, and you're 18. They're going to let you say whatever you want as long as you're agreeing with them. The minute you say something that's not part of their narrative, they're talking over you and cutting to a break. You know? So I guess that's my opinion. I got no, opinion on anything. Just ask me. <laughs> well, that's it. it My makes job it, is to think about this stuff all the time. It makes it very easy as a broadcaster because all I have to do is bring up something and you can I just go, go for right, ten yeah. minutes. Sorry. That's fantastic. I apologize for that. <laughs> no, that's no, nothing that, to that's apologize. The women that I date hate it, by the way, <laughs> for the most part. Well, I can't speak to that. So, uh, anyway, so is that? Did you have anything else on on Parkland? I, I, I I'm looking for a solution from this generation other than taking guns. I think there are solutions out there. I don't have them, but I know that they're out there, and so that's why I always like to hear from people, yeah. mm-hmm. whether it's you, know, you guys or anybody else that comes on the show. Um, I know that having police officers in the school would certainly help. I mean, if you had two police officers in the schools that weren't cowards, 
and actually did their job, you might not have had 17 dead people. Maybe you might have had 10. Maybe you would have had seven. Uh, I don't know if you, you probably don't remember it, but I don't know if you ever read about the story about a guy named Colin Ferguson. Uh, probably about 20 years ago, he was in Long Island, stepped onto a sub, subway platform, stepped into the subway, and shot 21 people. And of course, New York has the strictest gun laws in the, in the country, so nobody's shooting back. And it wasn't until I think somebody tackled him and got him. Um, if somebody on that train had a gun, legally, and was able to fire in the opposite direction, you might not have had 17, 21 people dead. You might have had five, you might have had two. You might have only just had one, the shooter. Maybe somebody could have shot him before he got a shot off. Um, having police officers that are trained in the schools, I know Methuen does it, it's very successful. Joe Solomon has police officers in that school, it's very successful. They're actually able to head off things like school shootings because when kids start saying things to their friends, like I'm gonna shoot up the school, or I got a gun, or they start saying things that are a little weird, there's a school resource officer that a kid can go to and say, you know, I think Johnny's losing it a little bit. You might want to talk Anonymously, to him. too. Right, yeah. You might want to talk to him. And then, so the police officers can kind of engage with that kid and, and head off something. I think that's part of the, I don't think that is the solution. But I think it's part of it. I, I, we definitely, Jane and Dean Natale's right, and Mayor Jajuga's wrong. The more people we have holding meetings and discussing these issues about school safety in our local communities is the best way we're going to come up with keeping our kids safe in schools. Yeah. Ways, yeah, I think I can say objectively that having the conversation is at least better than yelling at each other and you right. know lobbing water balloons across the over the wall. Yeah. That's not that's not how we're going to solve anything. You're not going to solve anything by saying, "Okay, you're too young to say anything about this because you don't know any better." When you're being the one shot at, and then like politicians being like, "Oh, this is the way it has to be." Like right. there has to be a happy medium right. somewhere where you can incorporate both, and both voices are heard and yep. satisfied and. Does it bother you guys that the media tells you on the one hand Donald Trump's a Nazi and he wants to exterminate Jews, and on the other hand they want Donald Trump to take all your guns? Because that kind of bothers me a lot. Uh, to be fair, I have not heard not any really media claim that Donald Trump is a Nazi who wants to exterminate the Jews. You, I'm just being yeah, fair. you gotta, you got to watch CNN. <laughs> it's on my office every day. It's all so, I watch. Um, keeps my blood pressure up. <laughs> gives me the energy to do what I do. So I, I, in fair, to be fair, I've, I haven't heard that. Um, I think, and, and if I can speak as, as a journalist who has been disappointed by the coverage of Donald Trump many times, mm-hmm. um, being unnecessarily um, vicious, vicious. Yeah. at the same time, I think that, that President Trump's attacks on the media have been um, unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is something that is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I can speak objectively when I say that when President Trump even floats the idea of abolishing term limits, I get very anxious yeah. because that seems authoritarian. And that to me um, is just as dangerous as having somebody from the media, you know, making up fake news, which is criminal. Yeah. And Someone needs to sign this kid right now right. to be a news anchor for right. crying out loud. I know it's awesome. Um, I'm so I'm so glad we called you up. I'm I'm learning all kinds of shit. Yeah, that's why I brought him along. I wanted to show him this and have him meet you. (laughs) Well, it's it's been a pleasure, and and, you know, to have somebody both as entertaining and as well informed as you, uh, Mr. Duggan, is 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 very interesting. Flattery will get you everywhere on this show. (laughs) He's hired. (laughs) 
You gotta bring Maddie with you though. That's the that's the deal. Or Fred wear red lipstick, in. either one. Fred oh. can't come with Meredith. That's the today's a, a snow day, but yeah, well, well, Fred can't come Fred, with Meredith. You Fred can't come Meredith. without Maddie. All right. Because I gotta have beautiful women around to keep me on my Fair A game. Enough. Well, she's my ride here anyway. So, oh, all right. So yeah. that Very works good. Out. Very good. Would you come back? Would you like to be on the show if we talk about other stuff in the future? I I would be happy to Maybe discuss whatever you like. I, I will say I apologize in advance for the wardrobe choice well, today. Oh, yeah, I didn't like, look at me. Well, Fred came in. He looked professional. I didn't expect to be on air. Today, sorry, so. that was my fault. Well, here's the thing. You're okay on that because only five people actually watch it on YouTube. Most of our 10,000 <laughs> listeners listen by downloading the audio podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, um, Podbean. Spotify, yep. and Podbeam. And, uh, that was a fantastic plug. That was well, that yes. was well, well quilted into the fabric. Because I've been doing this way too long. Um, He's a trained professional. Yeah, and, and so listen, I'd love to have you back. I certainly want Maddie back as much as we can have her. Um, <laughs> And, and run it by – I don't want to get you in trouble with your boss either, right? So run it by Tim. Make I sure texted him before oh, I came did? on air. He's cool with and it. He was good, good. He's Excellent. cool with it. Because I just don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, and we'd love to have you back. And maybe we'll even find a role for you if we can. <laughs> uh, we should talk about it. Because I'm, I'm giving Sean the barista his own segment in the show starting next week. Oh, yes. very nice. And that's going to be the funniest thing I feel like you've been saying that for weeks I on end. I love Sean the barista. Well, here's the thing. I wrote a segment, and it involves Paul. And Paul's not here. Um, last week, I, I, I had that segment – except we had um, uh, Mark Robush from Prospect Hill, and we took a, way too much time uh, in news, and we had to get Mark Robush on. But w it's going to happen. Don't worry. Even if next week something else happens and we have to bounce in another week, Sean the Barista is going to be part of this program because he is funny, and he's a character, and I think our audience would love I think my audience will eat it up, and I also know Paul's going to absolutely hate it. He's going to absolutely hate it. I get oh, the impression that that idea qualifies it even more. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So thank you guys both for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you want to leave us with anything? Us. Where can people pick up the loop? How can they get it? Uh, well, a lot of the sponsors that you see in the loop do have copies available. Uh, right now, I don't believe he is uh, delivering to every home in Methuen as he had been before. I think he's... Uh, test running, doing it just at the businesses. But um, loopweekly.com is a fantastic resource. He's one of those publications that does both online and in print. He likes to keep both the new and the old traditions. I heard a rumor that he's thinking about coming into North Andover. He should not do that. Okay. I will, I'll, I'll check with him. I'll check with the boss. My office is in North Andover. I'm going to be very upset if he comes into North Andover. <laughs> if he wants to go into Andover, I'll even help him. I'm serious. If he wants to go into Andover, I'll help him. But he's got to stay out of North Andover. Because then, cat fight. then, then we're then we're gonna have all this love is probably gonna be gone at that it's, point. It's gonna be a problem. <laughs> all right. But it's be, a good it's a it's a good paper. The, the Loop Weekly in Methuen. Uh, they savaged my girl Jessica, but we still love them. The Valley Patriot is on the streets. If you live in Methuen, you definitely need to read my column on Jim Jajuga. Um, if you don't live in Methuen, you should pick it up. There's all kinds of stuff in here. We've got a great story about the First Amendment. My regular listeners know exactly what that's all about because we've had uh, Mike Demers on the show talking about that. Maddie Ryan, thank you so much for being a part of this program from the very beginning. Uh, you've been a very big help. Nick, I'm sorry, what's your last name? McCool. Nick McCool, nice Irish name. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming. Hopefully we can get you back in. Sean the Barista, thank you for my coffee. I want to thank Fred for coming in today. I want to thank Meredith just for being cute. Um, <laughs> we want to thank uh, Twin Lights Security. They provide my security. Um, and if you need somebody to provide security or a private investigation, you want to call Twin Lights Security. We want to make EIS Investigations. They're also a sponsor of the program. Uh, A&M Auto Body. Go see Angelo. He will take care of you if you've got a problem with your car. 
Um, BG Peck Industries, our buddies over there. You should read the story we wrote about them. I know it's getting louder. I'm trying to go faster. Uh, AFC Urgent Care. Who did we leave out? We left somebody out. Uh, two Guys Smoke Shop. Oh, and uh, Century 21, Teams in Gallus in Methuen. You want to buy a house from these people. They help us out, and they give a $1,000 scholarship at our bash. Thank you for watching the Paying Attention Radio program. You want to bounce up that uh, Worthen song for, that we do for the end? There we go. That's it. Now I feel like we can go home. This is Melvin Taylor, who, by the way, will be opening the bash with the Paying Attention song. That's amazing. That yeah, really is. Thank you guys for coming, man. That was, it was awesome to have you come out, coming up here. Too. I appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. Anytime. You guys are both welcome anytime. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.